Hey there, boys and girls. It's time for the breakdown. The time to double your pleasure and double your fun. It's Ed and Sean. And you know the name. It's Geeksters. Welcome to episode 213, part two of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. What's wrong, Ed? Well, it just they like our way our because our our way of our equipment is it's getting kind of old. So sometimes our, our headphones don't work as right. Sean's just using one ear most of the time because it's like it doesn't come through both headphones. So sometimes mine actually fades out because we do a splitter. So I'm hearing the music on the right side, and as soon as he talks, both ears like light up. And it's like hi. It's like boom. It's like. I wake you up in the morning. Hi, <laughs> Welcome to Geeksters here in episode 213, part two. Yes. In this episode, um, I give my review of Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Yes. And it was a double review in a way. Double review because we get to, um, Stacy and I get to talk about our couch co-op uh, positions on the game. Oh, yeah. You know, um, the zombie mode, partly. And we, we even though we, well, you just got to hear it. Like, yeah. I would say that even though we come from two different camps, we still learn to meld as one, <laughs> which is a true real quality of relationships. Difference of opinions, but still breaking down those barriers to achieve a common goal. That's, that's what he says, but I think there was a chair that was thrown at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then also we bring you the news. Yes. Um, I don't know. I forget, I forget what news. I was like, news of of Marvel, news of DC, news of the Simpsons. Hey, yeah. And then uh, we leave for the night. <laughs> we leave for the night. No, actually, when we come back, um, I do have another. I do have another news article that Stacy brought to the table that I will bring to you. To hear what you have to say about it. Yes. And we'll discuss it in length or in not in length, depending on how you feel about it. Because you just might be like, eh, we'll make the fucking deal. I don't care. You know, and then I'd be like, okay, well, end of episode. Thanks, God. Thanks a lot. You know, <laughs> I should do that just to be a dick. See how you feel about that. You're like all excited. Like, here it is. Uh, who cares? Son of a bitch. <laughs> I took all five minutes to read that thing <laughs> and he shoots it down. That asshole. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, that's fine. I just thought I'd bring something to the table. I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, All right, so yeah, so uh, you know, sit back and enjoy the episode, and we'll see you at the uh, when we get back. And we're back. You're listening to Geeksters Live on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, and TuneIn. Just search Aquanet Radio in those apps. So, welcome back. Yes. Now. When we last left, I was about to tell a story. Story had set in the eighties, Ed. Yeah, okay. And zombies. All right. Uh, yeah, Call of Duty: Infinite Warfare. <laughs> All, All right. right. Let's see where to start. Um, the I played the first couple levels of the game. Looks great. I'm not gonna lie. It looks beautiful. All right. The single player campaign. Um, there's a you know a story about like how. You know, we had to leave the planet for resources and blah, blah, blah. And then there's a, another faction of Earthlings who feel like 
we wasted the planet, so we're going to destroy all your, We're going to destroy everything. Right. right. Obviously, you're typical. It's wartime, Ed. Huh. Uh, then there's the multiplayer aspect, which we'll talk about a little later. Yes. It's multiplayer, and uh, again, I have my issues with the Call of Duty multiplayer stuff. Mainly, I'll talk about it now, I guess. Um, the idea that is, they don't really have what I consider an even level playing field. Okay. Where here I am, my first round in multiplayer, and somebody in the other team is already at a level 30. And I'm a level wow. one. Okay. Now, the game came out prior to when I started the game, 24 hours prior to that. That means that person had no, either took the day off from work, or got to midnight, you know. And yes, they are doing uh, double experience points until the 7th. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, you know, so the guy probably put a lot of good time in, but he's on a level, he's in a match with a guy, me, being level 1. Right. And I, there was like a level 3 guy. There was a couple level like 15s and 20s. There was like, it's it, it didn't seem even, not just on my end, but also on the opponent's team. Right. It really is basically like, hey, what's this gun? I Bang, I'm dead. Ugh. Hey, what do I? Bang, I'm dead. It's like, fuck. So she was watching me play, and I, I got a little frustrated because, again, it's the you're a noob. Right. Um, you got to run around and, and kill everybody, at least yeah. in the death match that I was in because whatever team gets to the 100 kills wins. Right. <clears throat> and I do feel like I feel inadequate sometimes because mm. I'm like, it's a first person shooter aspect. I look, there's a guy, I'm going to shoot. But I, I just, I, there's these moments I'm just like, God, I hate fucking Call of Duty. I hate them. Like, like, why is this guy who's a level 30 matched in with a guy like me? Right. You know, because obviously, like, he must love when there's like, he looks on the other team and goes, oh, my God, there's a bunch of noobs on it. I'm going to rack up the experience points. I always kind of feel like there should be, like, level 1 through 5 or 1 through 10 should be the kindergarten class. Right. Where you get to learn how to do things. And once you get to level 11... Then maybe you get to like the level people level eleven to level fifteen or like you sh- kind of want to be with everybody in the same boat, right? You know? Same same kind of uh, uh, level class that you are, right? Yeah. And I, like I said, new idiot, whatever. I, I've I've it's the same complaint I've always had about Call of Duty and Halo and any multiplayer kind of game. I've had my issues with Destiny in the past, I, but I play. I don't really go to the player versus player stuff much anymore because mm-hmm. there's enough for me to do in the regular game, right? Um. I talked about the multiplayer stuff in the division where they become assholes. Mm. You know, like you can't seem to enjoy the game by yourself when you have a mob of people waiting to jump on you because they get better experience points because you're now rogue. Yeah. You know, um, Overwatch seems to be the only game that I have no problem with because I always feel like it is, you know, a team based game. Yeah. You know, um, so, I mean, kind of like, if you're not really a multiplayer guy, I'm sure the campaign will be, I'll be finished the campaign in probably like three to five days, maybe, depending on how much I'm playing. Mm-hmm. And then after that, eh, I'm done. Um, now, I also, it's the, the version I have also comes with the modern, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4, which was Modern Warfare. Right. The first one. The kind of, they consider this the the height of the Call of Duty games, which is, it'll get never get better than this. It was the ultimate one. Yeah. I haven't really dabbled with that one because it's, it, the every all the advertisements I've seen, it looks gorgeous. Mm. I'm sure the I don't know what the campaign is because I've never really played that Call of Duty. Okay. Now, every year with Call of Duty, they have a zombie pack. They finished started with Call of Duty Black Ops Two. Uh, this one is, and they always try to have a theme. Like I think last time when we were talking about Black Ops Three, it was set in like this this set in this 40s, and they had um, 
we call it um Jeff Goldblum in it, mm. they had um Heather um girl, Heather Graham in it, mm. Ron Perlman. You know, they had like these famous guy people characterized, you know, scanned in to be the the character that you play during the, the mo- zombie mission. Mm. This one is, is a little different. This one is set in the eighties where it's a, an amusement park set in the eighties and you are the plot of it, because there's actually some plots. Mm. You are hired by a um, famous director who made horror movies like in the seventies, and now he's making a comeback, and it's played by Pee Wee Herman. Okay, you know, <laughs> he's not. He, you could, you could, it, His character looks like Pee Wee Herman, but he's not dressed like Pee Wee Herman. But you know, it's him. It's Paul Rubens. Paul, it's Paul Rubens. Um, and the idea is that you know he's showing you a movie, and then he does a spell up in the in the projector room, which sucks you into this horror movie of the zombies set in the eighties in a music park. That's where you can play co-op. Couch co-op. It's where Stacey and I spent most of our time in my, I would say, review of the game. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's um, it's it's pretty because it's set in the eighties, so it's got like the neon stuff and and like the characters you play, um, like either this guy like looks like a a guy right out of a Run DMC video. Okay, you got your typical eighties jock, you know. Your '80s nerd and your '80s valley girl okay. kind of stuff, and you first person shoot things, and then as you run around killing zombies, you get to earn money and points, and with that money you can unlock a change or um, open up this part of the map, mm. and then open up this part of the map and pick up this weapon, or hey, look here's a vending machine that you can buy like power ups and stuff. Right. And it's basically a lot of run around, but also there's moments where they're coming through windows, so after you shoot everybody, you can run over and bang, board up the windows. Yeah. And you get points, and you get experience points that way, too, by saying, hey, good job. You boarded up 100 windows. Good job. Right. Hey, you got, like, 100 headshots with a pistol. Good job. Right. You know? So that's kind of what we've been doing. I enjoy it, but it, it's I don't really play a lot of couch co-op, so playing with somebody is, is new for me. Right. But I'm also playing with her. So it's it's she's good. However, she likes to just kill zombies, which leaves me most of the time building up the windows. <laughs> guard the guard the uh, weapons box while I go right around killing everybody. Right, because now here's the thing: is like you have you start off in what I would consider like the lobby of the right. the, the amusement park, the ticket counter, and mm-hmm. to, and to open up the next part of the map. You got to pay like seven. I think it's seven hundred bucks. Seven fifty. Seven fifty, and then it opens up a little bigger. And then as you get, you know, you can open up more of the park. Now I don't know how much you looked at the actual map on the. I did. Um, while he was boarding up windows, there's a reason why I play the way I do, and we'll get into that in a minute. But while he was boarding up the windows in the the what he's calling the lobby of the amusement park, mm-hmm. um, there's a big map right in the middle that shows you what the rest of the, uh, just like any amusement park would. Like, right, right when you're going in, you see the amusement park, what's where, or zoo, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, it, it looks really, really big, actually, which mm-hmm. is surprising because I have played a lot of Call of Duty zombies with my friends, and you can have up to four people, and, you know, we'll kind of all just, at the time, we would just, you know, hang out, get stoned, play some zombies, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's just how our lives went at the time. Okay. So I have a bit more example. Call of Duty zombie hunting experience than Sean does. <laughs> so instantly I'm like, okay, I need to know what these these power-up machines do. And he's like, well, we'll just find out. And I'm like, you know how long it's going to take us to find out? Give me like five minutes. I'll Google it so that I can at least know what they do, what machine to go hit. Like, 
what's new about this one. Because essentially they're all the same. They just throw in like a few new things that you can do. Right. So I look it up and I see what each machine has. Um, One's like a 1,500 up to like 5,000 coins. Mm -hmm. The 5,000 one is like a... <clears throat> like a, a juggernaut so that when you when you have it it makes it where if the zombies hit you they don't do as much damage so it, okay. basically you last longer right you know but of course it costs five thousand points or coins or dollars or whatever you want to call it to yeah. get so he's like well you know we'll just figure it out and i'm like you don't understand there's so much stuff to just figure out <laughs> it's gonna take us forever to figure this out we can only make it to like round six and then we're both dead so like just give me a few minutes to like see to know what I'm walking into here, right. because I've played so much Call of Duty zombies. I don't. I'm not really an online player, you know. So mm. like the only time that I played with other people is what I just found out was called couch co-op. Right. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know there was a term for it. You know what I mean? But I have played a ton of it with my friends. You right. know. So I'm like, I I get this. I I know how to do this. Here's the deal. I know that this map is going to get bigger mm-hmm. and I know that at some point boarding up the windows is going to become pointless <laughs> because there's going to be so each area you open, there's like five windows. Well, there's like eight areas to open. Right. We're not going to have time in between rounds to go board up 40 fucking windows. Right. It's not going to happen. So to me, it's pointless to board up the windows. I do know that with Call of Duty zombies, you can line them up and get them to go in a circle and just chase you and just turn around, line them up, and just shoot straight through all of them, right? Mm -hmm. Because I've played enough of it to know. So I'm like, babe, there's no point in boarding up the windows. Let them come at us. We'll be prepared. It's fine. And he's like, no, it'll make us last longer. It gets up these extra points. I'm like, yeah, but you're wasting time because as soon as they start coming at us, we can make 18 headshots and get the exact same amount of points that it costs to board up the windows. We just game differently. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like... Like, it's just different, you know? <laughs> and so, of course, like, I look up and it says that there's that in round one and two, just like in all the other zombie games, yeah. that you can, if you shoot, the, it takes four shots to shoot them in the first couple rounds. Uh-huh. So what you can do is shoot three times and then do a, is it melee or melee? Melee. Okay. I call it melee, but whatever. Mm-hmm. You can do a melee attack and it'll double the points that you get. So I'm like, shot, 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 boom. Shot, 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 boom. <laughs> and Sean's like, so that's all you're going to do the whole time. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do that the first three rounds because I want my points for killing them with a melee attack. Because <laughs> I'm Mr. Headshot, 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 headshot. But you don't get as many points for headshots. But I also last long. Like, they're not on top of me. Like, you know. I'm kind of okay. I can run around and get them to chase me long enough yeah. to get, like, a nice little figure eight pattern going. You know what okay. I mean? And then just come to a corner, turn around, bang, 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 bang. Run, 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 come to a corner, turn around, bang, 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 bang. And before you know it, all the zombies are gone. And yeah. I'm like, look how easy that was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's not that hard. <laughs> There's a strategy to it. <laughs> you know, like, I don't really care about the windows. To me, the way we always played is put your back against the, the door that you have to unlock. Like, at first, it's like, um, you know, when you go to amusement parks, there's the, the metal things that rise out of the concrete to keep people from going, going in. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what it is. And you put them down, and then you get to go on. So I'm like, Sean, why don't we just put our back to us to them? Let them come at us. We don't have to do that much work. Let the zombies are going to come to us. Right. We can stand here, not have to run around, fuck boarding up the windows. It's it's going to become pointless at some point, anyways. And he's like, Well, but, but you get more points. And I'm like, Yeah, but while you're boarding up the windows, you don't know what's behind you. And of course, each window is like in a little room that you can get trapped in. You yeah. know what I mean? Those zombies are going to come from behind you, and now you're trapped in that room because you wanted to go board up windows. 
okay, wow. <laughs> you know, see, see this, this is the way I hear this <laughs> is the fact that, like, she's one of those, like, Call of Duty people. Ish. I, you Ish. know, well, I mean, compared to us. Right, right. You know, she's one of those, like, Call of Duty experts. And you're like, well, no, that's how I want to do it. Well, okay, again, to plead my case yes. is that I understand the theory of being bottlenecking. You're bottlenecking yourself into a room. Because there's still a window behind you that you're eventually going to board up because they come in through the windows. Yeah. So the shooting at – and they come in waves. And there's like a, a, there's enough of a pause between each wave that you can run around and board up the windows. In the first level. In the first couple of levels. Okay. She wouldn't know because every level <laughs> I'm running around boarding up windows. <laughs> and you get experience points and you get money. And, you, and with the experience points, you go up on levels. When you go up in levels, you can get the better shit. Right. So in my head, I'm like, you run around. Maybe it is old school gamer me. Get as much experience points as you can. Unlock the place. Because when you unlock it, you have more space to run around in. Mm -hmm. Now, I agree. You know, at some point, the windows are going to be kind of pointless. But to me, you're you're in, like, think of it as, like, uh, the first level of a house. Mm -hmm. And you have that space to run into, run around and shoot zombies. Knowing that this, if you open up that door behind you, it leads into a giant, like, warehouse. Mm -hmm. But you refuse to open that door, you know, so you, you, you're bottlenecking yourself in that area mm -hmm. while these wave after wave after wave after zombies. Sooner or later, those waves are going to get harder, and you're still fighting in a smaller space. Mm -hmm. it's, you can only back up and shoot somebody so many times before they're on top of you. Mm -hmm. If you unlock a bigger part of the map, you have more space to back up, run around, shoot things. You have more space for her to do her figure eight and her circle pattern yeah. than it would be in like a 10 by 10 room right. while things are coming in. That's my logic behind it. He's making it sound like I don't want to open up the next part of the map. That's not the case at all, right? But because I know that on the next part of the map, the guns to buy off the wall or the ones that are like sitting on the bench or wherever the guns may be mm -hmm. are more expensive. So to me, you do the first five or six rounds, rack up a shit ton of points, open up that wall, and then be able to go by the best of what's sitting in the next area. Spend another five or six rounds in those two areas, because once it's open, they're coming from both areas now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's not like that lobby area is not getting no attention. No, they're coming from there, too. Yeah. You know? So to me, spend another five or six rounds in those two areas, get a shit ton of points again. Normally, it's like around 5,000 points it is where I can get at. You know what I mean? And then, then open up the next area. Spend some time in there. To me, there's like a, a system, you right. know. And he's like, "No, I, let's open it right now." And I'm like, "Okay, but we're gonna open it right now." You start off with five thousand points or five hundred. Sorry. And what you can you start off with like just the generic pistol. Now, because he has got these XP points, the generic pistol that he can start off with is better than my generic pistol, right? Mm. I don't really care because I'm gonna go buy that M1 and I'm gonna fuck shit up with that M1. So you can have your little <laughs> generic upgraded pistol. But see, the, the M1 <laughs> that she is so um, persistent on getting right. is like the bottom of the barrel it of, of the is. thing. Like if you were to take the time to get the experience points and the money, you can actually change your loadout and upgrade that weapon so that when you first grab it, it's already at a higher power. Right. Like the, like the pistol that I pick up is the Halstrom. I leveled it up to a point where one shot fires three bullets. Okay. So in in her in her first two rounds where you gotta shoot, 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 punch, I'm shooting and then punching. I'm more efficient of a killer than than the 
shoot, 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 punch, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and then because I'm more of an efficient killer, less bodies, more time to fix the windows. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Every once in a while, I'll go, why is this zombie behind me biting me? And I turn around. That's because she's busy running around in a circle, missing <laughs> the zombie that Kate decided to come after me. That's because I'm getting the other eight that are coming after that zombie that's biting him. And then I hear, babe, babe, uh, can you come over here? <laughs> sometimes. 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 Because sometimes I'll spin around, shoot that guy, and be like, she's got like five zombies on her. I better go out there and, and, and headshot, headshot, headshot. Are you good? <laughs> sometimes. Most of the times, I can hold my own. You know, like, let me have my pattern. We're just not good at gaming together. Well, you know no, I, mean? like we're, we're, I say we're good because we get the shit done. <laughs> it's just we go about it different ways. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and I just I just seen one night ending in a fight. <laughs> you know, why did you get that zombie? He was chewing on me for like 20 minutes. I almost died. It took you forever. Well, but I, babe, I was killing like 20 of them. You know, twenty to one. Look, look at the ratio. That's funny because it's going to be him. <laughs> That's that is that that it. Sean's a reviver. He is great at reviving. Right, like if I get down and I'm like, babe, I'm down, I'm down. He'll come over and be able to revive me, and I'm up. Right. If he's down, look, you got thirty seconds to be down, and then you come back up on your own. I'm gonna fuck these zombies up while you're taking a thirty second break. <laughs> so, so, so basically, he, she's on the ground. She's like, oh, I'm dead. I'll be right over. Bang, bang, bang. Headshot. They're all done. Revive. You're good to go. Because what she forgets to mention is that when you die in the game, and while she's running around killing all zombies, I your character goes into like this, I would say, outer, like this this arcade. Yeah. Where you have to play these little mini arcades or you know, and get tickets and to be able to get you to revive yourself. Right. Or unless she picks up the hey, bring that person back to life icon, which only happened once in the hours that we played because she is like bang, 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 run, 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 run. And I'm sitting there looking up because it's split screens. Yeah. So I'm watching her running around shooting zombies. I'm going, I, I have to play this basketball game. Like, <laughs> can't you just get the the uh, like? <laughs> well, and that the part that he's talking about doesn't come until you unlock the first door, right. quote unquote door. You know what I mean? All right. Other than that, as long as you spin your little 30 seconds down, you're right up back in right. the little lobby area. Okay. But the minute you unlock that door, that's where they send you to this. I Ar- haven't had to go there. Arcade in the sky. That I've long. <laughs> but they send you this, and you come through like this tel- <laughs> teleportation device, and then you're right back on the map, and everything's fine. I also, too, we have to get down to the communication part where if she. <laughs> Like, when I look on the map, I can see her running off in the distance, <laughs> running around in circles, because I can see her her character, like, it's like, it's like highlighted. Yeah. But it always feels like it's 100 yards away <laughs> from where I'm at. Yeah. And we don't have any, we hey. We don't stick together. We don't stick together. It's me like, I'm going to board this window up while she's zip, zip, zipping around in circles. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to get my back. I got your back. I'm running around in circles. <laughs> like, I'm like, but, cha- Well, see, in the way that it goes, and I had to tell him, is the zombies are going to, okay, if he has a better gun than me, yeah. they're going to go to the player that has a better gun. Because that's how it is in all the zombie games, right? Yeah. The zombies are attracted to the stronger of whoever's playing, right? right? So the minute he gets a better gun, they're gunning for him, right. right? But if he's not shooting that gun and not doing anything with it, they'll come at me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, you go board the windows up. They're not going to come at you because I'm the one running around shooting shit. Right. They're going to come at me. 
you want to board the windows up and get your little cool XP points that I don't give a fuck about, that's fine. <laughs> don't fire your weapon because his gun's better than mine because he upgraded it. You know, un- until I get a better gun when I unlock that second room. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I'm like, just don't fire it. Just board up the windows. They'll come for me, and I can handle myself. Most of the time, I can handle myself. Yeah. Every once in a while, I get overwhelmed. Or like I turn around and there's a zombie that I didn't expect to be there because he didn't follow my little pattern. But most of the time, nine times out of ten, I'm good. I don't need Sean's help. I can handle this. <laughs> most of the time. I will admit, <laughs> every once in a while I'll get down. At the end of it, there's like a stat thing. We seem to kind of go back and forth with who does better. Because it'll tell you like out of who's playing, who got more kills, who got more headshots and all right. of that. He always gets more headshots than me. Mm. Always. We kind of go back and forth on who got more kills, though. Like, one game, yeah. he'll get more kills. And it's real close. It'll be, like, five or ten more kills than, than the other. It's not, it's not like a, a, you know, he got, like, 50 and I got, like, 12. It's, right. it's not a big difference. It'll be a very small difference. But one game, he'll do better. The next game, I'll do better. And then he'll do good for a couple games. And I'll do good for a couple games. It's very kind of back and forth on that. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, g- I can hold my own. It gives <laughs> you, um, like, your, your kills, your headshots, your revives and your deaths. Right. So usually when you get to the revive part, there's always like one or two in my column, none in her. <laughs> it's basically like, oh, you're dead. Suck it up. Wait 30 <laughs> seconds, you fool. And I'm just like, wait, you're down? Baby, I love you. I'm on my way. <laughs> like, That's not me. I'm not the reviver. Now, and I explain to I think I've revived him like three times in the whole mm. time that we've played, right? Eh. And I told him. If I can get the zombie, the horde of zombies that's around him, because if I start reviving him, they're going to kill me, too. Yeah. I have to get them cleared first before I can revive him. Right. But if there's so many zombies that I can't take them all out, you're going to have to wait 30 seconds. Like, <laughs> I'll be there when I get there. <laughs> now, now, there is a moment. There, there have been times, though, I don't know if she's noticed it, where... In order to be revived, it's because you're on the ground. You're not, you're not technically dead. You're kind of crawling, and you still have ability to shoot your weapon. Right. Yeah. There's been times where I've actually saved her as dying because she's got no horde. You see me kind of like, uh, bang, bang, bang. Well, and, Please and get I've over done the here. Same thing because he'll come to revive me, and it'll be there's a shit ton of zombies around me because I got caught up in my pattern. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, do your thing for a second. Let me kill some of the ones that are around me so that it's easier for you to come in and revive me. He's going to make me sound like a bad guy in this. But I really do try to help him as much as I can. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to make her sound like a bad guy because she does. The problem is, is that sometimes it's always too late. Where, while she's running around in that pattern, building up that horde of zombies, she's now got to kill them all and come back and save me. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work that way because when she comes over, she never has a time because there's a horde of zombies. Right. If I get knocked out, I'm usually like, oh, fuck. Like, come on over when you get a chance. But when she comes over to start to revive me, there's usually five to seven zombies chasing after her. Yeah. In the time frame to be able to ride, revive me quicker. Yeah. He puts a lot of pressure on me reviving him. I'll just say he's got 30 <laughs> seconds before he's actually dead. Right. So, like. Give me 25 seconds <laughs> to take care of these fucking zombies that are chasing after me that I have admittedly built up to chase after me because like the bullets go through them. So like you really can like line them up and take them all out with just a bunch of couple shots. You just have to get the pattern correctly. Right. So I'm like, give me a few seconds to get this pattern right, and I'll be there when I fucking get there. Until <laughs> then, lay there and take a break. Lay there and bleed, motherfucker. <laughs> <You know, like, laughs> I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> well, it, you know, maybe maybe what you should do is actually like 
communicate. <laughs> that, but like, like this is your this is her game plan. Like you know, obviously she's played it a lot more than you have. That is true. Kind of games, maybe follow her game plan. Like, okay, what am I supposed to do while you're doing this? Like, obviously, like she doesn't really want you to board up because it's a waste of time to her in her mind. It's a waste of time. I understand that what your method was is is a is a viable plan that works really well. But the problem is, it's a two person plan. Hence the co op couch right, co-op right, play. Right, right. So maybe you should go, well, babe, what do you want me to do while oh. you're while you're whipping around these, you know, zombies into, into a, a, a pattern? Like, what's my role well, in this we've kind of fallen into that pattern. While she's running around in circles, I'm boarding up windows. Sometimes. Sometimes. Because, like like you said, the zombies come through the windows. So, like, when the round first starts, there's no, no zombies around. I, he is correct about the more boards you put on the window, the harder it is for the zombies to come in. And you got a little bit of time to run from window to window to shoot them before they ever get in. Right, right because you can shoot them. The board, it's not it's not completely boarded up. It's right. like yeah, I've um, seen that plank, 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 through the plank, plank. Yeah, and you can shoot through the plank as they're trying to rip it down. So, and you there you can also see them coming towards. So if you have the right shooting method, you can kill them before they even meet the window. Right. So as I'm boarding up, oh zombie, bang bang bang. Finish boarding, run over to the next one. Uh, there's some coming through the window. Bang, bang, bang. Board, board, board. There's another one. Bang. Like, I'm trying to keep the masses away so we're not overwhelmed. Right. Where she's like, no, no, overwhelm them because once you get them in the right pattern, you can one shot will kill them all. Right. But, but that requires you to have a lot of zombies. A lot of zombies. Something, anything could go wrong. There's zombies. <laughs> maybe, maybe a compromise then. Like. Maybe board some of the windows up, but not all the windows. So As we have played, we have come to that compromise. Okay. I told her, if we're in this first room, if you want me to help, because there's four windows, right? And there's only two of us playing. So we can really only cover two windows at a time, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, right when around starts, I'm like, I got the, because you have to turn the power on before you can unlock or open up the gate or whatever. Mm. Right when we play, I'm like, I got the power. So I'll run to the power. And he's like, okay, cool. None of the windows are, they all start boarded up, right? right. So, the, it, I mean, it's maybe like five, seven seconds yeah. before, like, zombies actually start coming. Once they start coming, we got, like, this cool, this thing going where he'll hit a window here and here, and I'll get these windows here and here, and we'll kind of cross back and forth through each other mm-hmm. in the first room. I'm all for that. I'm completely okay with that, right? Mm. I've even started helping to board up yes. the windows. Yes. I'm like, look, babe, I'm boarding up windows. Look, 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 I'm boarding up windows. And he's like, thanks, Stacy. Because I can hear it. Because yeah, it's, like, it's hammering yeah, the yeah. boards on yeah. the windows, you know? And so I'm like, okay, fine. You want me to help you board up the windows? I'll help you board up the windows. That's cool. But at some point, you're going to have to understand that these windows don't matter anymore. Because in this one, which is different from the other zombies that I've played, the zombie, once you unlock that first part, they don't have to come from the windows anymore. They kind of start coming from the other areas of the park. Right, and some actually come up from the ground. Right, so essentially... If you want to take care of the windows in this first couple rounds, cool, fine. We'll take care of windows. And then he's like, okay, once the windows don't matter anymore, we won't focus on the windows. Right. I'm like, all right, cool. We've compromised. You want to take care of windows for a little while? We'll take care of windows for a little while. That's because I built up enough experience points and money to grab that shiny shotgun right beyond that door. <laughs> I, can, I can get that shotgun, too. I don't want the shotgun as much because I have to get closer to them to get the good shot, right? Yeah. I don't really want that. After a couple rounds, the melee things doesn't work anymore. The mm. zombies, every round, the zombies are stronger and stronger and stronger. 
So it comes to the point where you have to like unload a full fucking clip in the zombie before you can hit them and actually take them out with a point. Right. So it becomes kind of pointless after that. Mm-hmm. I only do the whole melee thing the first couple of rounds because that's like three points for me. The way he does the windows in the first couple of rounds, that's the way I do the melee thing in the first couple of rounds. We just do it differently. You know what I mean? But that shotgun that he's talking about, I can get that too. I just choose not to. I'm an assault rifle kind of girl when it comes to zombies, right? <laughs> I don't want a shotgun. I have to get too fucking close to them. Right. If I have to get too close to them, they can hit me. We haven't got the juggernaut yet. I don't want them to fucking hit me. You want the shotgun? Fine. Cool. Go ahead. Get the shotgun. <laughs> I want the assault rifle. So I'll hang out with this M1 for a little while because I can fuck shit up with the M1. Right. I'll hang out with this M1 for a little while until I find a better assault rifle. And then I'll pay the coins that I've racked up by doing my pattern to get that better assault rifle. There is a pack-a-punch machine that you can apparently build. And a pack-a-punch machine is in all the other zombie games. And it's basically where you put the gun that you have into this machine that you have to build with parts. And you have to get collect all the parts on the map. We haven't lasted long enough for me to figure out what, what all these parts are and where they're at. There's a couple of them that I've found. And I'm like, Sean, look, there's this part over here. We have to get that because that's how you get the pack-a-punch machine. Mm. What you do is you put the gun that you have, whatever gun it may be, into the pack a punch, pack pack a punch machine, <laughs> and then when it, co- it takes like fifteen seconds, maybe when your gun comes out, it's upgraded to its full potential. Right, mm-hmm. you have to spend like a thousand coins to put your gun into it, and then you get it back, and it's already like as upgraded as it can possibly be. You don't mm-hmm. have to do nothing fancy; you just have to build this machine first. Right. So I'm online, and I'm like, okay, what does the part look parts look like? Where are they at? How can I find them? I need to know. Right. She's to definitely the, I want to do research. Yes. I want to know where everything's <laughs> at. And me, I'm like, you don't have that option in real life. This is real life. You grab and you go. You figure shit out on the way. You know? <laughs> Which would be a genius idea if we didn't have zombies coming for us. <laughs> if I have the option, for someone who doesn't want to use a strategy guide, you know, if I have the option to figure out the strategy of the game <laughs> prior to the zombies coming for me, I'm going to. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say what? in a while. The fact that this is real life, you grab and you go. It's a game! It's a video game! I, I, There's no real zombies coming after you. I understand we, that, but still, part of, the, part of the fun of a game is the exploration part, figuring stuff out, for most part. Unless it's like, you know, like I am a guy who does use strategy guides. I want to know where that collectible is so I can run over and get it. But that's that's why the level 30 guy goes, oh, you got a new gun? Bam! <laughs> yeah. like, that's the reason why. Well, that's because he didn't do any research. He just put the I'm sure he in. did. I'm sure this I level 30 it. guy probably go, what the fuck? Where's, where's, the, where's the guy? Where's the walkthroughs? Right. Who's, who's looked at this? Where's the maps? What is it? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. See, Are you kidding me? You don't think that because you have this, this, this vision of Call of Duty players in your head that they're like, I'm going to say this loosely and with air quotes around it, that they're like the dumb jocks of gaming, right? Am I right? Uh, she's okay. correct. So yeah. for him, the fact that this person who's on level 30 put in any kind of research to learn anything about the game is just ridiculous to him. But what that person probably did is research the fuck out of it before they got their hands on it or right when they got their hands on it so that they knew where all the best stuff was, what all the best strategy was, so that they can get to that level 30 and be a quote-unquote Call of Duty badass ahead of time. I, I don't think so. I think it's more of the, hey, I have nothing to do for the next 10 hours. I'm going to play Call of Duty, just the multiplayer stuff. and Because to level up, it's not about getting... Knowing you got to know the map, 
I totally disagree. I, I, I really do. I, I I really do because the more the more I play Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront Online, and the more stuff I look into, like right. like okay, now I'm getting my ass handed to me over and over again, and I'm like, this sucks. This really does suck. Right. I love Star Wars, but there's a point where I'm like, I don't even want to play this game anymore because anytime I play that game, I'm just wiped out. Right. And then I then I'm like going online and figuring stuff out. And I'm like. I can't be the first moron that goes. I always say that. Oh, yeah. well, you know, wow, somebody already figured this out, like you know, like and then sharing this this information. So now, like, I can go in there and use that information and become a better player to do this. And it's just like, you know what? Somebody probably it's what they do. They just they just like she said, uh, research the fuck out of it and go. Okay, this is what I need to know. I have the muscle memory mechanics now because I played Call of Duty like. Right. 20 well, times well, or 20 I mean, different games or whatever it was. Again, because we talked about this on the show and the other day, that I do fear that I am a video game snob, where to me, Call of Duty games are like the lowest common denominator for gaming. It is basically, it's shoot, shoot, throw, run around, shoot, shoot, throw. There is no, no with multiplayer stuff, there's no rich story. You're not a character. You're not living that, you're not, there's no beginning, middle, and in a, in a storyline when yeah. you play multiplayer. It really is just a bunch of people running around shooting each other. doesn't take, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I, I, to say that it doesn't take a lot of skill is, is not really accurate. But all, if you have enough time and enough, like, I think if you have enough time, you eventually become good at it because you've done, it's like one of those things like, I've been playing, I played 10 hours today. And that's why I'm at this level and that's why I have this gun. I don't think it was more so like, oh, well, I did research because there's not much research to do with those kind of games. That's not true, though, because when I looked up the zombie and, and I don't play like regular multiplayer Call of Duty, I don't, mm. it's the people that piss me off. It's not the game. It's the people. I don't like for people to talk shit to me and disrespect me. The fact that they're doing it over like Internet waves and there's nothing I can do about it only pisses myself off. So I mm. just stay away from that kind of stuff because, A, I'm a girl. Instantly, when you're a girl and you go into any kind of multiplayer game, you get ragged on. Right. Instantly. B, if I haven't done it in a while, I'm not that good. Let me, like, do it by myself for a little while, and mm. then I can get my ups. And the minute they talk shit to me, I'm like, yeah, bitch, and I'm a girl. What now? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time, they just talk shit. Right. It's like being an internet gangster. You can't do anything about it, so why are you talking shit? Right. But it pisses – I don't like to be disrespected. Right. So it pisses me off when they disrespect me, so I just stay away from it for, like, my own sanity. You know what I mean? Like, right. just for my own sanity and the sake of me not getting mad and raging out because I'm a total rager when it comes to gaming, I'm just going to stay away from it. The zombie stuff, I only like because I can play it with the people that I'm with. You mm. know what I mean? Like, and, and I can – there's, like, a strategy that comes – to me, there's a strategy. But when I looked up the stuff about it, there is a ton of information on where the things that you can figure out on it. I don't know if that goes for the same for the on, for the co-op. I mean, the online stuff because I don't play the online stuff. So he could be right on that. But at some point, somebody has to had to say, okay, if you really want to be good at it, here's step one, well, two, three that you should do. But if you don't research it, you don't know what those I steps mean, one, two, and three are. There's always strategies. Like as far as people go, look, here's the map. Here's where the best, like, if you want good cover, go here. If you want this, you go there. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not going to disagree that there, isn't a, some, that there isn't somebody out there who will say this is, this is the best place to get this good, um, the best death kill ratio right. here. And, you know, and, that, and I will fully admit that. But I do also think that there is a certain level of, of like, 
outside of that, there's nothing else more to the game itself. I mean, you could play the the single player. That's why the single campaign the single player campaign is usually like ten to fifteen hours because no one gives a shit about that. All they care about is this is the reason why people are willing to pay about one hundred and twenty dollars for this game. It's not because of the rich, vast storyline. It's always about the multiplayer and the maps. Right. You know, it's like you're showing out sixty dollars for this game, eighty dollars if you want the Call of Duty remastered version. So right away you're getting it with ten maps for that. Mm. Then you're paying an additional fifty dollars. Why? Because they know you, people will pay fifty dollars to get maps for the next year or right. so, right? You know, for free because they paid their fifty bucks. Mm. Which I always still, I still to this day think that there is a little bit of a ripoff mentality. Like, you know, uh, I agree with you there. I mean, that's that's just horrible <clears throat> for game designers to do. Is it's like you know, we build this game, you play it for a while, and then you want to move on to something else because you've mastered or you've Play yeah. every nook and cranny of it, and you're you're tired of it. And for another fifty dollars more, we'll give you more maps to play yeah, with. And you're like four more map packs, right? And you're like, uh, okay, I'll pay it. And then you're, but then you're like, I just paid a hundred and something for this game, and now I have to wait like three months before the next map pack comes out. I, that's not satisfying my what I want to play right now. I'm also the first person that'll be first in line to say, I don't believe that you should pay full retail price for a digital version of a game. Yeah. I am not, like, if you're paying $120 for the digital deluxe and I could walk into a Best Buy or a GameStop and go and shell out $120 and get the exact same product, I think the people who buy digitally are getting ripped off. Yeah. Because I do feel like it's you're paying $120 because you got the, the plastic for the disc, the plastic for the case, the artwork. That all has to get paid for. If you don't have any of that with a digital copy, why do you insist on paying $60 for a game digitally when you have nothing? Yeah. Where it does, it, There's no overhead on that digital information other than, other than the information itself. Mm-hmm. I do kind of feel like, like look, if I'm, gonna, if I'm willing to want a physical copy, I agree. I should pay a little bit more. I, the $60, $65 with tax is reasonable for me. Yeah. But if I'm only buying digitally, I knock at least $20 off of that. Thing right. Because of all the physical stuff, doesn't need to be there. Mm. So therefore, you can kind of knock down the price of a, of a season pass or or map packs because I kind of feel like you made the commitment to buy it digitally. You should save a little something something off. Of right. It. You know. Right. You know. I, I just. I mean, I. I the storyline's pretty good. They got the guy who plays Jon Snow as the bad guy. Mm. I did hear a lot of people bitching that the storyline's weak, but it's Call of Duty storyline for any of those first person games. I've always been weak. Mm. It's about, you know, shooting and killing and watching things blow up. You know, so, and then they don't care about that because they, they care more about the multiplayer aspect. You know, so, and it, that's why I always kind of like when playing Mafia 3, I kind of enjoy the rich world because it's a single player campaign. There's no multiplayer. There's stuff, tchotchkes to grab. And, mm. you know, it's the idea of how much of this, this area I can rule on my own. And I, 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 it's probably, she said, something that I thought was kind of interesting was the fact that because I've been gaming for so long, maybe I'm just beyond that multiplayer point. You know, like, like because I've been playing single-player campaign games for so long that going multiplayer on some stuff just isn't really – it's – Yeah, you're, no, I, mean, I I do see that. I mean, you're, you're right about that. But, I mean, the, the thing is is that, like, the multiplayer just puts a bad taste in your mouth after a while because you get your ass handed to you over and over and over again. You go – well, I don't like fucking losing. Like, you know, like, who, uh, yeah. who likes to lose? Nobody. Right. So you go, well, I'm going to step away from that because that's all I get because all these guys 
That's all they do all day long is play these games. But I'm saying, though, I can guarantee you that probably at least half of those people research it. There might be guys out there I mean, that the- are like that, that experience the game and know, can go based, based on I've played 10 hours or 20 hours or 30 right. hours of this game or I've played multiple versions of this game and it's pretty much the same game over and over again, just a different environment right, or a different just, world or different maps. It's and, a new skin just painted over on board. Exactly. And that for them, it's just like they they're they're good at that. They they, they you know there's there's those naturally talented video game players that can sure. do that. But there's people out there. I'm sure they're like you know what? I'm tired of those people. So I'm going to research the hell out I of mean, this game just so I can go. All right, I want to get a leg up on like the you know the noobs that are going to come in. I mean, you're probably right. I guess I, there's a part of me that kind of again video snob mentality. I think it is mm-hmm. is that and, and you know and I'm not saying I'm I'm proud of that. I'm kind of like, uh, really? I, I turn into that guy? Like, yeah. really? Because to me, like, when you play a game like Mafia 3 or, or Witcher 3 or the, any of the Assassin's Creed games, you have the beginning, middle, end, and you kind of feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah. Because you got to see this rich story unfold that you play a key part in. To me, that seems a little bit more, um, I, I want to say, for lack of a better term, satisfying mm-hmm. than saying, yeah, I got the level 50 in Call of Duty. I'm awesome. Like it, there's like you didn't really, all you did was spend your time like, like you didn't. I'm not gonna say you didn't learn nothing from it. You just kind of, <laughs> yeah. It's not like I'm not looking for like the video games to, like when you play them to change your mind or. I mean, I know video games are, are for most part a release of endorphins that have built up through the course of the day of having a shitty day. You want to come home. You want to kill things. I get that a hundred percent. But I also like to have the the taste in my mouth of. You did this, yeah. Like you, 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 you painted this rich story by your own picking and choosing. Mm. You know, you got to to experience this rather than I just spent time. Well, the thing is, is that like you're also a huge movie buff. So for you, for like watching movies, there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end, yeah. and then and then you're satisfied with a happy ending, or maybe not so much a happy right. ending, but there was a resolve to the story. Right. And you go, okay, I'm satisfied. I, I got my hour and a half, two hours worth of entertainment. Where a video game is the same way for you, where you want the story. Ooh, this is going to be interesting. I play right. the game. I make my choices. I have an ending of what, how it ends. And I go, okay, I was satisfied that now I can play it again and do the whole experience, make different choices. Right. And the ending might be slightly different. Where Call of Duty is, there is none. You're, right. just, you're just there to, to get up to level 50 and that's it. And the thing is, is that to me, it's like more of like a party game. That's just like a, a party of people to get together and kill each other. And then yeah. it's just like uh, you, you laugh, you cry, you, you whatever you do, I, you know, for it. And you, you have a great time because it's like, woo, I just killed you. You killed me. <laughs> right. You know, it's fun. Or, ooh, son of a bitch, I'm going to get you, you know, because, you know, you killed me three times. I, I mean, I guess that there is something to say. Maybe it is like someone will be like, well, you just don't have friends to play with. I, part of it's probably right, too. I don't have like. I don't know many people that have like a PS4 that would have Call of Duty that would be like, "Hey, we have a clan together. Right. Or, you know, we're gonna we're all gonna be on the same team, and on Tuesday nights at like nine o'clock, we all log in, we all join up, and we go do this raid in Destiny, or we're gonna go in and play, you know, Call of Duty for like an hour or two. Mm. I don't have that group of people, right? So maybe that that the the richness of experience that you're talking about is lost on a person who goes in single, single-handedly single to go, oh, I'm going to get some multiplayer rounds in and get my ass handed to me because I don't have somebody 
looking to get my back because I'm not with a group of people. Right. Where something like this, you know, is is more team. Like, I don't. Well, I don't have a team. Well, I say like like we we even like played a couple of times playing you know Star Wars Battlefront, yeah. and I've actually done that with my nephew. And still, to me, it's still not that great of an experience. Even not that I don't enjoy playing right. with them, uh, you and him. But the thing is, is that there's other people that are ruining it. Right. You know, from my experience, because they're just now they got my number because I shot him once, right. and they got pissed off, and I got killed like 25 times because every time he saw me and saw my name above my head, right? And, oh, I gotta get this guy. I gotta, I gotta kill him. <laughs> that guy's a noob. Right. Let's get him. Or that guy keeps walking into that wall. <laughs> Let's laugh at him and while we shoot at him. Yeah. I get it. I don't know. Like I said. So that's that's the thing. I mean, it's it's very difficult unless you're like involved in more right. of a group like thing. Maybe that maybe the experience would be better. You I know, mean, now, now this month alone, there are a couple games that I'm looking forward to playing like Watch Dogs 2. Mm. It's, but I know it's a single player. There's a multiplayer aspect. That same thing with the first Watch Dogs where someone can come in. There's a bounty on you and you have to either kill them or they kill you. Mm. I get that. Like that's an infiltration. You can turn that off. Yeah. Um, the Ezio trilogy for Assassin's Creed—that's three games. That's like over eight, almost ninety hours of content that you can replay if you've ne- if you whether you played it before or experience for the first time. Now, Brotherhood has a multiplayer. Uh, Brotherhood has like, I, I to me, Assassin's Creed Two is is a really good game. I love the Ezio character. Mm. I love the arc. So I'm like, I can definitely replay that one again. Right. Then at the end of the month is Final Fantasy Fifteen, where you know that that's. Again, I have a love-hate relationship with Final Fantasy, but I'm still willing to jump into the pond to try it because it looks completely different than all the other ones. You know, so but I'll probably still play the same as all the other mm-hmm. ones. So I'm just kind of like, all right, well we're gonna strap in, kids. Like, so I mean, you got those things coming up. I'm like, all right, you know. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, my my final analysis of Call of Duty is that it's gorgeous. It looks great. It plays fun. If you're a person in the multiplayer, go have at it. The zombies, I have never having experience with another person. I, for the little snipping bitching that we we're doing earlier today about different playstyles, I, I still get to share that experience with her or mm. or with a co-op person. You know, so it, it, it enriches that that bonding moment between two people because you're like, hey, you know, I'm having a bad day. You want to go kill zombies with me? Sure, babe. Let's go. You know, like, yeah. and we'll start running around and shooting, have a few laughs, and have a good time. You know, so like there's when there's like I would say on a grand scheme of things, like from like a, like a, a ten point scale, I, I would probably give it about a seven. Okay. You know, because I as much as I don't like the multiplayer, I get it, and it, it's just again like it's not my cup of tea. Right. But you know, I guarantee you, she'll walk in and I'll, I'll be playing the multiplayer thing because I do want to get good at it, and mm. it, it's kind of like this this personal goal of mine. It's yeah. Just one day to be able to go. I'm okay with multiplayer because I've actually established myself as satisfying for myself. Because like the first first round, I'm playing and I'm just like, "Fuck, oh, god damn it!" And she's like, "What are you so upset about?" I'm like, "Kicking my ass, hand to me." I feel like I'm like, "God damn it!" And she just kind of shakes her head, and I'm like, "I'm gonna play second round, like you know, because uh, <laughs> it's uh, that masochist gamer in, yeah. you know, it's like one day I'm just gonna walk in. I know I'm not gonna be able to walk in and be like." Oh, kill everybody in the motherfucking room and walk away as a king. But I know, like, it's eventually, sooner or later, I'll be able to feel satisfied with. Yeah. Like, like when I play Destiny and I do the multi, I feel satisfied that I'm not a great player, mm. but I can hold my own. When I do Overwatch, I feel like I'm I can hold my own and then some. Mm. With Call of Duty, I just keep I'm like completely like. Ah, yeah. 
uh, which way do I point the gun, Bob? You know, and then eventually I'd be like, I got the gun, bang, bang, bang. Hey, look at me, I shot somebody. Like after I get my ass handed to me, the first kill I got when I finally killed somebody was I got the Kingslayer bonus because he was obviously number one on that team, and I yeah. was like, all right, look at me. I, I may not be effective, but I'm consistent. Like you know, <laughs> like I'll consistently die, and every once in a while I'll be like. Uh, oh, I rebounded that board and hit that guy square in his head. Yes. Like, there's that satisfying moment of, okay, and then die like five more times after. All right. <laughs> you know? Anyway, let's get to the news. <laughs> what do we got news wise? Okay. Um, also, I, I just want to add one thing. Yeah. I don't know if you're looking at the clock. Yeah. Don't be, remember that clock is an hour behind. I'm not looking at that clock. Okay. All right. Because I'm like, a couple times I was like, oh my God, it can't be that late. Oh, I gotta set that clock back because we had a <laughs> turner. We had a fall back yesterday. <laughs> so okay, what anyway, do you got news? Anyway, all right. Uh, this one actually, uh, uh, Stacy would appreciate. I think. I hope. I don't Yay. know. <laughs> it's about Little Mermaid. <gasps> oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> that grubbing whore. Hey, how'd you talk bad about her? That's my bitch. She, she just wants material things. She's Madonna. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh. No, they actually that they were almost going to pass on making uh, uh, the Little Mermaid. Disney was not going to do it. Why? Well, at the time they were uh, gearing up to do um, Splash Two. <laughs> All right. So, and they were thinking about making a TV movie out of it. And uh, basically, though, they, they at that time when Michael Eisner was in charge, I don't know if he still is or not. I don't know who's in charge of Disney anymore. But the mouse. Uh, huh? The mouse. The mouse. Well. <laughs> the CEO of the company, basically the real life person, they had a gong show, uh, what they call the gong show um, uh, meetings. Basically, what they would do is they would pitch ideas to the to the <laughs> floor directors, and basically, like this is what we'd like to do as a as a. Uh, oh, okay. So what you're saying is like I would walk into a room, and in that room would be, let's say, Spielberg, Lucas, um, Cameron, and I'd be like. Here's my story. Guy walks into a bar, and he stumbles across. As he walks into a bar, he trips over a body that's been dead for two days. And as, as cops come in, they arrest him. But then there's a, um, as he's getting arrested, he feels this, this voice in his head going, everything's fine. When the count of ten, run to your left or duck. And he goes, what the fuck's going on? He does, but he does it anyway, and there's bullets flying everywhere, and he survives, and he gets whisked off in this grand adventure. And I call it nutty. You know, yeah. and then that panel goes, next! Yes. <laughs> you know, all right. Gong! Yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. The, thanks. So that, that was the whole idea of, at that time of what they were doing. And they, they, they were like, no, we're not really satisfied with the idea. We're doing the TV. We're thinking about doing this TV movie, Splash 2. I don't even know if they made that or not. Um, they might have at yeah. some point in time. And they felt that was too close because it was around the same time Splash came out that they were thinking about doing this. So they, they felt that, that it would be too confusing for the general public. But after hearing the idea and, and, the, and, the, and the way that they wanted to do it, uh, it was a team of directors. It was um, John Musker and Ron Clements uh, are the two that, that did it. They're, uh, so once, once, they, once they gave him the story and pitched the idea to him, they really liked the idea, and they said, you know, let's let's do that. And of course, they didn't even really have the songs at that time, like to have, like, Under the Sea or uh, um, uh, what was the other song? Party of Your World. Party of Your World, yes, thank you. So those songs are in there. So they, 
they was like an added bonus for them to to do this movie. Now these two names, if you if you kind of recognize them, they're also involved. They also did the uh, Aladdin movie, right, with uh, Robin Williams, and they're actually doing the new one, the Momoa, that's coming out the November twenty third of this okay. year. So, I, I would just like to add a little footnote to your story, Ed. Yes, Splash Two is a nineteen eighty eight American made for television sequel to the nineteen eighty four film Splash, starring Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah. Produced by the Walt Disney Company, directed by Greg Antonici, and written by Bruce Franklin Singer. It stars Todd Warrington as Alan Bauer and Amy Yazbeck as Madison Bauer. The events in this film contradict the first movie's finale, uh, the finale revelation that if Alan goes to live in the sea, he can never return. It was the first broadcast in two parts on the Disney Sunday movie on May 1st and May 8th in 1988 on the ABC television network. There you go. They actually actually went, went along and actually did it. Yes. There you, there, go. You go. there you go. There's the answer to that question. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so what else you got there in the news? Fantastic Beast. It's coming out the November 16th, and they're already talking about a sequel. Right. Yeah. But they have already assigned a big name, uh, assigned a big name to it to uh, be a part of the movie. I know who the name is, so we might as well just say it. It's Johnny Depp. I, I heard that, and... And apparently, I read a little, maybe like an hour before the show. There's already been a bit, bit of backlash from it. It's like <laughs> someone posts, "You mean I have to choose between the world of Harry Potter and a, a alleged domestic abuser?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, you know, I they they actually said though that they were there. They want to make the. Uh, Fantastic Beaks and Where to Find Them, a whole series of movies well, like sure. the, the, the Harry Potter series. So they're, they want to continue on with this. So they're already amping up, even though the movie's not even out yet. Because I'm thinking, what if this movie bombs? I mean, like, yeah, I doubt I, it. Because, I, I, I mean, all the Harry Potter fans are going to go see this movie sure. for the first time. And I know I'm going to be there. Um, what? He's <laughs> like, oh, I don't know if this movie's going to I'm going to be there. Well, I was just saying. I mean, you know, I'll probably, I, I want to see it too, because I am a Harry Potter fan, but let's face it. After the Harry Potter franchise, Warner Brothers doesn't really have any kind of series. I mean, you got away with you got away with eight Harry Potter movies on a consecutive yearly basis, maybe give or take a year or two. Yeah. So there was guaranteed money flowing in on a yearly basis that they knew was going to be a hit because Harry Potter movies just grew and grew and grew. Then after that, what do we got? Like, I mean, you could go with the Batman, you know, the the those their comic book movies, but they seem to be hit or miss. Mm. They don't really have a nice chunk of franchise that they can go back to, uh, unless you want to count. Like we need to be able to make we need an already fan base that you know will go see a movie in this world. Um, quick, what do we got? Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 tough, especially with Warner Brothers, because like you said, they have hit and miss movies a lot of times. And the Harry Potter series was the one that really kind of kept them going for a long time. So that's why I'm like kind of nervous about seeing this is because can they do it again with the Harry Potter series? You're not going to have Harry. You're not going to have Hermione. You're not going to have Ron. You're not going to have all those great characters. You're going to have more characters. But it's just like, is it going to be like the Star Wars prequels? You know, like, you know, where it's just like everybody bitches about those. And it's like not a great time. So, you know, I mean... I said, I'm. My, my wife says we're going to definitely see it, so I'm definitely going to be there for the first one. 
I'd like to see how they're what they're going to do with it because I have no expectations at all. Like you know, I, I'm a fan. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not like a huge fan. Like, you know. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it is it's it's her first screenwriting, mm-hmm. so I'm interested in seeing how that goes. Um, it's based upon a book that was appeared in the Harry Potter movie, so it's kind of like, all right, well, let's see. I'm interested. I think uh, they have. Um, I don't remember who they said he was going to play. No, they didn't really give any too specifics on him. They were saying that the 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 writer here of Adam Holmes, uh, from uh, Cinema Blend, was saying that it could be, uh, 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 he's a sinister evildoer. It's um, oh god, it doesn't have a name here. I don't see it. Da, 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 da. Now I don't right. I don't have a name here yet. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's Gilbert uh, Grindelwald. Oh no no I'm, yes yes is playing girl Gilbert uh, Grind Grindelwald is the apparently the, he's the Voldemort of this series yeah and apparently he, Johnny Depp is going to be in the first movie as a cameo appearance oh. for the skull like a small part to kind of get I guess oh. get you started into to kind of taste wet your whistle exactly like, hey yeah the first one's free yes but the next one who you, you gonna pay? pay yeah all right um Johnny Depp I mean say what you want I mean when he stars in a movie you go. Johnny Depp's going to be in that one? I'll see it. Yeah. Let's see what he does. Let's see what he does with this thing. All right, so what else you got there in the news? Uh, Deadpool. Let's talk about a little Marvel. Uh, okay. We're th- if you haven't heard already, the director, Tim Miller, has left uh, the uh, project due to creative differences, as he put it. Okay, does it say what those creative differences are? No, no, it does not. The, 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 but they, the, the, this article is about the other person who's left the uh, thing, the composer. Junkie XL has announced that he will not return for Deadpool 2. Uh, basically, uh, uh, Miller brought him, Tim Miller brought him in on, on to the first movie, and now that he's departed, he feels it not right to uh, be a part of the project. And uh, you know, since Tim Miller was the driving force for the original Deadpool movie, he just, like I said, just didn't feel right for him to be there. So he's just moving on to other projects. Okay. Um, excuse me. All right. I'm looking here. <clears throat> okay. Apparently, according to Independent UK, the reason why Tim Miller left because he wanted a mega-budget superhero film, unlike Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Now that's the the debate where Ryan supposedly still wanted to keep it under a hundred million dollars because they seem to have more freedom. Right. Where Tim Miller, I think, was ready for the big budget movie. Yes. Like, because with more money, we can do more stuff. And, you know, we don't have to worry about those things. Right. I mean, it, it seems to be like a constant, like, do you, how much money do you give? Like, how, how surprised when I heard that Trolls cost $127 million to make or whatever, 140 Yes. You know, it's like, really? <laughs> Couldn't you have done it for less? Because it's just pretty colors and hair and maybe some glitter. You know, a couple songs. Glitter is expensive. I, I, I mean, I realize that. Well, they, you know, I mean, you've you've gone through the uh, the the science of, of Pixar at the Franklin yeah. Institute. There, I'm sure it's touring in a town near you. If you, if you get to go see it, go see it. It's definitely worth seeing. It's all the the extra physics that they're going to put into the movie. I'm sure that Trolls is on that same I, line. I, I, I mean, I know Pixar's has their own method. And they 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 do, they want to go above and beyond for sure. movie movie telling, uh, especially for animation. But I think, like, a lot of people, since Pixar is doing that, they kind of have to follow that lead. I, 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 I do I do somewhat agree. But in the, in the case of Deadpool 2, I mean, I would think that more money means more fun. Um, 
you know, I don't know. That, but that's the thing. Like, it's it's really it's really hard to say because they, you know, you you kind of worry. Like, if I'm going to spend fifty million dollars and it was a huge hit because of uh, all yeah. the fan bases, and it's <laughs> just like, well, throw us more money. We'll 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 do a bigger production. What if it gets to a point where it goes beyond being a good production I, I, and it just becomes ridiculously I, stupid? I, I do think that they, in a in a way, like you're right because the more money you have to spend. The more people care about how you're spending it, right? So I do feel like that there is a moment where you start getting execs involved. Yeah, Fox just thrown fifty billion bucks, walked away, and go, "Good luck making your little movie." Yeah, if we make a profit, yeah, okay, fine. And then yeah, it's not going to happen. And then they walked away, which which will tie Mike. That comment will tie into about execs getting their fingers in. Will tie into a um, article that Stacy kind of talked about before the show that we'll talk about on the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. We break it down because I thought it was interesting. Now, show, I'll probably report the story, yeah. but it came from hell. So okay. just, you know, I just want to tease that for <laughs> the other part. So if it doesn't go well, it's our fault. Oh, no, no, no. It'll go well. It'll go well fine. Um, it's just when she doesn't really like to get on mic when we go back to the, the studio. Yeah. So I'll probably be the her voice to tell that story. Okay. All right. So anyway, what else you got there in the news? Uh, well, um. Disney, we're talking go back to Disney again. Um, Everything goes back to the mouse. But uh, Jeffrey Tambor and uh, Adam Devine, you know who they are, the actors who they are. Uh, 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 I know Adam, Jeffrey Tambor. And the Devine was uh, Mike and, and Dave need wedding dates. And okay. he's in Pitch Perfect 2. Right, he's the, he's the comic relief guy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're, they're going to do a, a Disney movie together. It's called uh, Magic Camp. Okay, I'm already <laughs> chuckling because I can see where this is going to go. Adam Devine's going to be like kind of like the great magis- magician who's kind of uh, a bit washed up, and Jeffrey Tambor is going to play his mentor in this camp that they're going to teach new kids how to do magic. I think it's kind of like a, a, a <laughs> if, if in my mind the way I read it was like I guess they want to try and cash in on Harry Potter a little bit, <laughs> but in a funny way. Uh, I, I, all right, I'm trying to think here. Um, Magic Camp movie. Okay, yeah, here we go. I got the I got their website out. Um, Apparently, Steve Martin was going to play the Jeffrey Tambor character, but he's now not attached with that project. Uh, but he did help co-write it with uh, screenplay uh, Jeff uh, Judah and Gabe uh, Sachs. And that was Diary of the Wimpy Kid. And Stu Zuckerman, which is A C O D, which I have no idea what that is, um, but they're that's so they're the ones that are going to be a part of this uh, whole project. Okay, all right. So. I, I nothing. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the uh, article. I think you know. Um, all right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. What else? Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Uh, he was uh, recently uh, at a uh, Q and A. Uh, for some sort of movie, some 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 event. I'm uh, I had it here and I just lost, but whatever. Um, some you know, of course, a lot of, lot of talk of him retiring. You know, like we, I think we. He he said that he was retiring after his tenth movie. All right, well there you go. What <laughs> that was the article? Oh, that was the article. <laughs> yes, because well, that's, that's well known. Well, I mean, you know. They, he, it was always like he he didn't you know like they, they always like back and forth because like they thought he was going to retire a while ago and they you know nobody was sure you know if he was oh gonna... no he he always said yeah, ten films I'm done that doesn't mean he's going to be done doing directing he's just in him he said ten movies done 
Like, I'm sure that he, there's other projects he said he did want to do, like, to kind of go beyond the movie part mm. and maybe some television, maybe some plays. But uh, he said, I might, I think I just read an article where he's like, I might have something to say in like 30 years. Maybe I'll do a movie about it. But I, I don't know. Until then, 10 and I'm out. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on to the next article. <laughs> what? That was it. That was, oh. that was, that was, you know, you just. I'm sorry. You took the I, whole thing. I apologize. Yeah. Okay. For 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 reading. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, what do you got in the news next? Um, Starship Troopers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do we know anything about that? I did. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Let's move on to something else. No, 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 no. We can we can talk about this one because. Um. <clears throat> Only reason why I know about it is because Stacy never saw it. Okay. So, well, apparently they're going to reboot the series. Is what the thing? Uh, uh, oh, first question on my mind is why? Well, they feel they wanted they 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 wanted to get closer to the book, the actual book that was written in 1960. They wanted Wait, to. There was a book. Yeah, there was a book. Apparently, really? yes. I didn't know either until I read this article. <laughs> <laughs> really, there's a book. <coughs> Holy crap! Okay. Yes, it's it's nothing like the 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 movie the movie at all. So no giant bugs or anything. Or? Well, I think there's a giant bugs, but it's it's slightly different than how they presented it. They went a completely different direction. They had the main idea, the main concept of the movie, okay, uh, the book, but they just changed a lot of the characters and stuff like that, okay, into into it to to make it what it was. And they wanted to kind of go back to the roots of from it was released in 1960. The Star Trek. Star Trips, Star Trip, that Starship Troopers, Starship Troopers. Thank you, Starship Troopers novel, and they they want to kind of go back to source material. It's a long list of a lot of movies they they want to reboot because they want to kind of take what they they did they was somewhat of a success, but they think they could do better. And this is one okay. Of the so this is gonna be a new wave of Hollywood where look, we already got this movie, but we think we could do better, so we're gonna remake it. Yes, and. Since we stole the property from we, since we bought the rights to the book, we figure what let's the hell? That. Let's use the in order to kind of make it fresh. We'll actually use the source material that it came from. Yes, I, I guess why? Because it works so well in comic book movies. I, I, I don't know. I, I I honestly, I mean, like I kind of enjoyed Star Trek Troopers. I have it on DVD. <laughs> I've watched a few times. I mean, well, now- and it's not like. Ooh, Starship Troopers. Like. Well, I mean, I remember seeing the first Starship Troopers, and I was like, my first re- real reason to see it was because I'm, I'm a, I like Michael Ironside. Yeah. He's in it. Neil Patrick Harris is in it, and he yeah. was kind of, no one's really seen or heard from him, or he was just starting with How I Met Your Mother, yeah. and here he is in this movie. He's barely in it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the big stars were um, Denise Williams, I think her name is. Um, I'm going to know. Oh, no, I gotta, let me go look. Uh, uh, the uh, well, it's uh, Casper Van Zant was one of them, and uh, Starship it? Troopers, Casper Van Dien, Denise Richards, Denise Richards. Those were kind of like the two big, big names, big, the two big unknown names, right? Um, there's Jake Busey, um, Gary, Gary Busey's Busey's son. Hey. uh, Clancy Brown is in it, yeah. Um, it's got Michael Ironside. There was like the 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 season cast is what got me into it. And of course, like I said, you know Denise Richards is in it. There's um, the girl who played uh, Dinah Mayer. She is, I think, the girl that I got the autograph from who played uh, um, Oracle. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Let me just see if I'm. Um, let's see. I don't know. Am I, is she? Is she? 
When was that show out? Uh, Late nineties, wasn't it? Early two thousands. Uh, You're talking about Bird of Prey, right? Bird of Prey. I don't know. I must honestly can't remember. <coughs> I'm gonna have to look. Damn it! <laughs> All right, let's see. I think it was her. Yeah, well, it was her. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she was in because that's. I remember her being in it, and and I was like, oh, you got to see her again. Well, Columbia Pictures is going to do it. They hired Mike Swift and <coughs> Damian Shannon to the same scriptwriters who wrote the uh, upcoming Baywatch reboot to pen the Starship Star Trip Starship Troopers <laughs> script. Neil Morris at the Fast Furious franchise will produce the reboot alongside Toby Jaffe. Uh, the same man who was worked with the 2012 Total Recall. Uh, okay, I mean, I don't know if I'll see it in the theaters because I didn't see the first one in the theaters, so I don't think I'm really inclined to be like, oh, they're rebooting a movie I didn't see in the theaters? I'm going to go to the theaters and see it. Yeah. Like, to me, Starship Troopers gained more of a fame of the campiness of it that played, it's like, it's like, hey, here's a little feature of the Rocky Horror Picture Show and Starship Troopers starting at midnight. Yeah, like it didn't seem, it wasn't taken really as a uh, an an epic series movie. No, it wasn't. No. It, it's kind of kind of hackney, kind of over the top. I mean, it did launch the careers of some people, and it did. I think they made like four movies after that. Yeah, yeah, they did two two sequels and then a animated movie. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it just kind of feels like, all right, maybe there's a Japanese animated movie, by the way, kids. So take it for what it's worth. I'm sure that it's you're... it's one of those movies that you watch. The first 45, 50 minutes is great, and then there's this long <laughs> half hour of decision making <laughs> that really should be like a minute and a half. I'm just telling you. I watched it. <coughs> fell asleep. Watched it again. More awake. Fell asleep. Watched it a third time with a cup of coffee. <laughs> and felt like it wasn't worth it. So, there you go. All right. So, Caitlin, what else you got in the news? This one I know you read because you mentioned to me on Friday. Uh, Simpsons. Yes. They got renewed for two more seasons. 29 and 30. Woohoo! Am I the only one that keeps going, why? No. No, uh, apparently everybody's seeing the same question. Every, okay. But this is, apparently, though, this is going to be the longest running, which I, I still don't understand, the longest running uh, scripted series ever. It's going to have 699 episodes, 600, oh, sorry, 669 episodes, sorry, that will beat Gunsmoke, which ran for 20 years with 635 episodes. Okay. I mean, I, I not having watched a single episode of Gunsmoke, I you know, maybe uh, that's, I mean, congratulations. You, you can watch Gunsmoke on AMC on Sundays <laughs> and after, or me TV, after about five or six episodes, you get pretty much the gist of it. <laughs> Funny, I feel the same way about The Simpsons. <laughs> about four or five episodes, you get the gist of it. You get the gist of it, yeah. He's an idiot. He's married to her. They got two and a half kids. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's about the gist of it. It's the wacky side characters, too. See, the thing is, I think I think it would have been smart for The Simpsons if they actually grew up. Like, the kids grew up. Like, Bart well, is that, a, as an as a emo teen. No, see, Ed, you got to think, think ahead. 
They're doing uh, 669 episodes, right? Yeah. Episode 670, made for TV movie, it's The Simpsons in like 20 years, where they look back. It'll be like a, a new, like, coming to Fox, The New Simpsons, 20 years later, where you have old man Homer and old woman, you know, Maggie's a, a rebellious teenager. Yeah. And, you know, Bart actually winds up getting married, and... Lisa's single, and she can't understand why she's single, because she's way better than Bart and everything, but yet Bart is a happily married man with kids of his own, with a stable or job. I, I think it's going to be like a shotgun wedding of the first child for the... Oh, wait, for Bart? Bart? Yeah. No, I can't, I can't. I think that'd be funnier, but... I don't... No, no. I think it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit more progressive, where it's going to be about a single Lisa trying to make her way in the city, in the wacky world, and trying to find love while trying to balance a career. And amongst all this wackiness. Okay. <laughs> they'll call it Lisa Simpson. <laughs> all right. That'll be, they'll round off the series with nice, like, the death of Homer at some point. You know, <laughs> like, how do you... They'll round it off so nicely with killing off Homer. It'll be awesome. It'll be funny. It'll, it'll be funny. He'll be like, people go like, wait, they actually killed him off? Because didn't he fall down a gorge and was okay twice? And he... <laughs> In the ironic part, he dies of like you know all those years working at the nuclear power plant. He, you know, <laughs> he <laughs> dies from like hey, there's an explosion there and radiation poison does become the Hulk. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you chuckled over there for I want to hear what you have to say about the Simpsons getting uh, thirty year thirty seasons in. The Simpsons is a touchy subject for me because my father and I watched The Simpsons. For years and years and years. I was a child. So pro- like a kid kid. Just probably had like no fucking business watching <laughs> The Simpsons. But I did. For, I'm glad that they're getting more. Because my father was a Simpsons fan. So he would be glad that they're getting uh, more. So for me I'm like. I, I think everybody at some point in time was a Simpsons fan. I'm not going to lie. I was a fan too. I had the Eat Me you know, Cowabunga t-shirt. I was pro Bart. I mean, I think everybody was at some point. But at some point, the show just got like 30, 30 seasons. Like, I mean, somebody must be still watching it if they're still paying to make it. No, the ratings are not, not doing too well. That's, <laughs> the, that's the, the whole thing of this is that, that Fox has made this a staple show on their, on their, their, uh, their network. network because they, they, it's been around for so long. And it's been like since they started mm-hmm. that they, it's been, that's why it's like so like popular that, they feel that like they can't do this. They can't pull the plug on it. There has been actually a few times where they thought they were going to cancel the show. Like mm-hmm. Al Jean has actually mentioned that twice that there was a couple episodes that he thought like this is it. Like they weren't renewing them right away, and he was getting kind of nervous. And they're talking. You know, we talked about in the, like you know uh, not too long ago. But like like now that like no, we love The Simpsons. You know, we don't care if it's not doing well as well as it did because I mean there was a point that Sunday nights was a huge night like i remember yeah. like like before i was married like i would go to my brother's house and friends would come over and we watch sunday night you know television because the Simpsons animation were... domination exactly you know which like the uh it was uh, uh what's that guy with the uh, it was king Bull- of the hill and then yeah. simpsons and then uh family guy family well no it was it was before family guy really came along it was uh um uh, the the uh, uh, the future Futurama, okay, you know, was one of them, and then anything that really followed Simpsons would would tank horribly because 
everybody would watch The Simpsons and then it would die off. Like mm-hmm. the ratings would just drop. So a lot of things that would follow The Simpsons got canceled because it was so hard for them to follow. And it was it was the thing. But we would watch all those shows till like ten o'clock and it was like right. really great to always watch those shows. But then you got to a point where they were we were so excited. Next season, I mean I think it was like season eleven and you watch it and go, I didn't laugh once, did you? You know, like now. And then it just kind of dropped off from there and like Every episode just got less and less funny, and it's just like, or it was the same shtick over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then they had a run about like season 15, 16, where they were doing like wacky, off the wall stuff. But then it was like, they almost like, like I could watch episode like now and go, you know what? They did this back in season like right. eight or season seven because it was funny then, but it's not funny now because it's just not as like that new like first time laugh you know like it's just it's just not funny it seems to be like fox is on the like the way you describe it it's like uh hey what do you want to do with grandpa grandpa can't stay here forever but let's put let's let's just keep him around you know and eventually we'll figure out something something that we can fill that time slot in at some point right it just seems like i think now it's more of a wait if we give them two more seasons we'll have the longest running television show of all time that's a nice little feather in the cap of the Fox network. Let's just do it just to do it. Who cares if it's a good season or not? Right. Because it gets us to that, that monumental point that until something along, something else comes along that beats that, they'll always have, it's, it's a trivial pursuit answer for decades to come. Yeah. Which television show had the longest running show of all, all television history? Gunsmoke. The gun, yeah, well, oh! You're wrong. Right. It'll be like, hey, it's The Simpsons, Gunsmoke. Uh, um, we'll go Days of Our Lives, and then like Supernatural. And you go, um, what's holds with Gunsmoke? I never heard of that show. It was probably that one because back in the old days, they didn't have enough television shows. You're wrong. It's The Simpsons. Ha ha ha. Shit. You know. <laughs> I mean, I, but the problem is, I probably will tune in to the very last episode. Oh yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you, you got to see how it ends, you, you know. Gotta, you got to. It's like, you know, I, I've gone through a lot of Simpsons, and I'm like, they're they're going to have a marathon this Thanksgiving. They're going to run every episode on FX, right, from starting Thanksgiving until it, it ends. I don't know when that is. It's usually like over a week, right, like a week and a half or whatever. But it's nonstop Simpsons, like, and I've done that. I, they did that, like, I think last when year. Yeah, when they first were going to uh, FXX, I think it is. Yeah, they were like, hey, it's here's. And when they finally every Simpson episode, and it took like almost a week. Yeah, it took like a week and a half. And I watched a lot of it just to see because, like, I watched the first, and I still laughed at the first few seasons because they were like, I haven't seen them in a while. Like, right. And I'm like, oh, it was funny. I laughed. I remember that. You know, it was fun. And then after a while, I started watching. Like, ooh, like this is just getting redundant. And it's just not, you know, like they're they're like they need to do something. Like, you know, and it's just like, and I'm like, how can you keep it fresh? It's really it's hard tough, to do. Tough. It's you know, it's but tough for not only just an animated show, but for any show in general. Exactly. I mean, how do you keep? Because, I mean, there are people who have been on the show, like Conan O'Brien, was a writer on The Simpsons. Yeah. You know, he left, so then you got to bring in a fresh face. You know, the, the, there's this kind of like, hey, I worked for The Simpsons for five years. It was the best years of my life, and then after I leave, you have to fill that void, and maybe that next writer is maybe a little smarter with his jokes that don't get it. You know, that want to take him. To Homer in a different direction. Well, it's like it's the whole it's the whole jumping the shark mentality too, where you get to a point where you see these characters, you know their quirks, you laugh at their quirks, but then you expect them to grow, and they grow as a character, and then they're not funny anymore because 
they've they've jumped that shark. They've right. they've grown as a character. Like now you get to the point where you watch Big Bang Theory and you watch Sheldon, and Sheldon's that character you laugh at because right. he doesn't get it. Like he's the smartest man in the room, but he doesn't get it. Right. You know, and like he's supposed to grow because now he has a girlfriend, and you know, like right. the whole the whole relationship dynamic supposed to be building up, and like he's growing slowly. But he's still kind of like that character, but it's not as funny as it was originally because he's not like that total nerd anymore. Like he's he's right. grown as a character. So you're, you don't like you, they're not having smart enough writers to figure out how to get him out of that hole. Like, oh, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And it's it makes it more difficult because now it became sappy and, you know, it pulls at the heartstrings. You're going, oh, and I'm like, I don't want to go. Oh, I want to go. <laughs> There's it, a difference. It used to be a show that mocked the nerd cult nerd geek culture yeah in a way but now it's gone into they become relationship shows yeah where it's now the modern version of friends yes where it's like hey we're all great and we're all in relationships now and it becomes like oh how does this guy deal with that woman right you know and what now we're married and it's great and it's awesome but now it's oh she did this or oh my god she threw out my star wars cards oh what do i do and you're just like Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. That's not nerdy at all. That's a relationship thing. Yeah. Like, hey, she put a dent in my brand new car. Shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, she threw out my pristine Spider-Man number one. What do I do? Like, you yeah. know. Uh, all right. Okay. What else you got there in the news? Batman. Yes. Uh, this Batman, I know him well. You know him well. Uh, Batman 66. Uh, apparently, they uh, were talking to uh, Burt Ward, the original Robin. Uh huh. Well, original TV Robin, right? And uh, they they asked him, um, they they you know talk about the like like the the, um, you know like the staples like you would hear Captain Marvel say Shazam like over and over again on, sh- on shows or right, like, the Human Torch's Flame on you know you'd hear that over and over again in different cartoons or different shows, but you he would do like holy whatever Batman right, and yeah. that thing. So they actually actually counted because it was on the uh, the animated se- uh, movie the. Uh, 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 Cape Crusaders, uh, Batman sixty six, the Cape Crusaders, Return of the Cape Crusaders. Yes. Okay. And uh, they were they were talking about in an interview how many times he had to say holy whatever, whatever. you know, and he actually counted it how many times. It was three hundred and seventy eight times. That's more times than an act, the actual show ran. <laughs> like I mean, you're right. <laughs> actually, they did the math. <laughs> I'm going to say, hold on. There was uh, a season, three seasons. Probably, um, I think, I'm going to say he probably averaged a holy whatever three times an episode. So I'm going to say like three to one. Damn. You are spot on. Damn. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Look at that. I did not read the article. I just wanted to, because you're looking at me going, you read this. No, no, no. I I I don't think I don't think I read this one, so I was like, kind of surprised. How could he be Ray Man? I, I'm, I'm more shocked at the fact you did the math correctly. I'm like, how did you figure it out? How did you fucking figure that out? I need to you take your shoes off. <laughs> I, I just kind of figure like a half hour show. You got to do the holy this and the holy that, and like you figure. When they stumble across the crime, he probably does a holy guacamole. And then when, <laughs> when they're when they're tied to the table, he's like, holy, we're nailed to a table. And then when they get out, it's always like a, like, as Batman says, well, I use this, 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 and that. And he's like, holy mathematician, Batman. Like, there's always <laughs> seems to be like three of them. Yes. At some point in an episode. So that's, yeah. that's, that's, 
what can I say? I'm Rain Man for that shit, but I can hardly remember my own zip code. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Five minutes to a holy. Five minutes to a holy. (laughs) It's amazing. Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. (laughs) (laughs) That's just sad. All right. Also, the mystery solved. It's about three an episode. So yeah, right. there you go. Wow, good on him. Yeah, I can't believe he counted. That's what's more nerdier than me just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> somebody had to count it though. I mean, like you know, like well, I'm sure you know because I mean, somebody had to go. Somebody had to ask that question. I wonder how many times he says it. You know, like you know, like like yeah. when you hear that question, you go, yeah, how many times does he say that? You know, like. It, you 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 rattle your brain for it. And you're like, well, fuck! I gotta watch every episode now. And like, I mean, I did just like recently watch pack. every episode, but I wasn't keeping it. I wasn't ticking off on my t- calendar, going. He said one there. He said one there. I mean, I watched it, but I was like, all right. That's why I could kind of vaguely remember like when he does it. Yeah. To be able to kind of go, well, it's been years. All right, you know. <laughs> 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 that's a trick I only do once. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, give him another one, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got there in the news, Ed? Uh, Sony. Let's talk about Sony. Let's talk about Sony. And the PS4 Pro. All right. How many titles is the PS4 Pro going to have on launch day? All of them. Because <laughs> the PlayStation 4 Pro will play the PlayStation 4 game. <laughs> yes, but apparently <laughs> there's going to be uh, a bunch of games that they're going to do. Okay. For- I, let me, I, I think I can honestly answer this one. Tell okay. him he's rude. Tell him that he's rude, Ed. <laughs> go ahead. Finish up. No, no. Go ahead. I, You've I, already interrupted I, me, so you might as well right. continue on. I'm going to say The Last of Us is getting a 4K treatment. Okay. I'm going to say it's games that are, prob- are already out now. Give me, give me a number. Ten. Not even close. All right. <laughs> Not even close. Forty. Forty. Forty titles. Yes. Basically, there are going to be updates of the games that you're already okay. playing that's going to enhance in the 4K and HDR support. So basically, they're going to enhance those games. So if you have a 4K TV or a you know higher HD uh, uh, element the thing, and I will quickly run through these 40 games. You ready? Uh-huh. Battlefield 1, Battlezone, Bound, Call of Duty, Black Ops 3, Call of Duty, Infinite Warfare, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, <laughs> Remastered. Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, Drive Club VR, EA Sports FIFA 17, Firewatch, Helldivers, Hitman, Hustle Kings, Infamous First Light, Infamous Second Son, Knack, Mafia 3, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, NBA K, 2K17, uh, uh, Paragon, PlayStation VR Worlds, Ratchet & Clank, uh, Res Infinite, Riggs Mechanized Combat League, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Robinson the Journey, Smite, Super Stardust Ultra, The Elder Scrolls Online, Terminal Unlimited, The Elder Scrolls Online, Skyrim Special Edition, The Last of Us Remastered, The Last of Us Left Behind, The Playroom VR, Titanfall 2, Tumble, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, Viking Squad, Veal, <laughs> Wheels of Aluria, World of Tanks, and 
XCOM 2. That's the 40 titles. Okay. And, of course, there are all going to be future titles coming out as well. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 arrives along with Noah and Resident Evil 7. Uh, right, right. Biohazards for Honor will follow in early 2017, in addition to the first party software launch 2017 and beyond, including Gravity Rush 2, Horizon Zero Dawn, Days Gone, and Gran Turismo Sport. So... <sighs> PS4 Pro will be available November 10th, 2016th in Japan, North America, and Europe. And a manufacturer suggested retail price is... $450. No. No? It's going to be 44,980 yen, $399 in the U.S., or 399 pounds, and the euro of $349. Depending on your area of market of, of your rating, so it's me about four hundred bucks. Four hundred bucks yeah. for us people in America. Yes, um, not four fifty. All right, like you said before. There, I think there's a one terabyte coming out that's maybe four fifty. Okay. Um, I mean, I, look, look. To me, the PlayStation Pro is play is exactly that. It's PlayStation Four with upgraded capabilities. Um, it's a little it's a little thicker mm-hmm. than the new one. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's as if you took two slims, put them on top of each other, and duct taped them together. It's kind of how tall it is. Okay. I mean, uh, I don't know how many people have a seven a four K TV though. I, I I think this is too early. I really do. Well, I, they're gonna compete with Microsoft because Microsoft went four K. I, I mean, yes, but I mean, I I, I like, in the, but in the vein of Microsoft, I think that's too early as well because I don't think that market is really in its prime yet. Like. Yeah, we have the 4K TVs that are out there. People are buying them slowly, but they're not as mainstream as going, well, I have a 4K TV. Now I'm going to get the PlayStation uh, uh, Pro, 4 Pro, or the new Xbox and, and have the 4K experience. Right. They're like, well, I already have the system. Like, you know, like, why do I need to upgrade this? Because it's like, I've already sp- well, already dropped $400. I have a bunch of games in this, in, you know, invested in right. this. You know, now to get it at this point in the stage of the game, it's kind of like too late. Well, I mean, I do think that there is that moment where um, that's why a lot of those games on that list were either virtual reality games or older titles. Mm-hmm. Like I knew The Last of Us definitely was one because The Last of Us is kind of like the the linchpin of of the Sony of the PS4 era, like the how how well that story was made and how gorgeous it looked on the PlayStation Three. Mm-hmm. It was already already pretty looking. So when they put it on the PS4, it just got a little bit better. So it makes sense that you're just going to throw it. In. It does not like you're, you're, you're. If you already have the game, you're not going to need to rebuy the game. It's basically a digital update. Yes. To be able to upscale. Now, if you have a 4K TV and a PlayStation Pro, it's going to upscale almost all your games anyway. Yeah. You know, to a higher resolution. But there are specific games like those 40 that you mentioned are going to have specifically redesigned to really enhance the 4K experience. Yes. I'm a little curious about the, the virtual reality stuff because only because that if you're going to be playing a virtual reality game, you've got to play it through the, the console, the headset. Yes. That headset isn't 4K. It's not a 4K screen. Right. So what's the point of having a 4K upscale version of a VR game if when you play it, it's going to be in your visor? Yeah. The only advantage of it is for, like, if, you know, she wants to laugh at me when I play it. Right. You know, so she gets to see what I'm – you know, doing on screen, she can laugh at me as I kind of fumble around. Mm. 
outside of that, it's it's in the visor. So I think it's just funnier just to watch you like play the game, like not even seeing the screen, just watching your head like zoom around, <laughs> you know, and and you know, like whoa, whoa, oh my gosh, bam, got <laughs> you, motherfucker, bam, bam, bam. I tell you one thing. I won't care about boarding up windows when I'm playing VR. <laughs> um, my head's going to be a swivel all the time. Like, what? 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 What's up behind me? She's going to be laughing. He peed himself. Uh-huh. There's so many zombies. He peed himself. She's going to, I'll be so intense. She's going to see me just staring at the screen. The only thing I'm like moving around, she's going to come up and just like kind of poke me in the back and be like, ah! <laughs> I do that now. <laughs> do you jump? Yeah, kind of sometimes. <laughs> <coughs> I pop his nose when his eyes are closed. <laughs> Real slow, because he flinches. <laughs> and it's like the most serious face. It's like, <laughs> like, it's like a serious. I wish that everyone listening could, could understand the, the intensity of his face flinch. <laughs> like if we're, if we're laying in bed, I'll just like. Real, real light, tap his nose, and his whole face locks up. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and it works every single time. And what's even funnier is now he prepares himself for it. So now I don't even have to do the touching. He just prepares himself for his face to flinch. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Oh, it's like the, the, the concept of a kid, and you're like, tickle, 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 and they're laughing. Uh-huh. And then you do the, the, the finger swirl above them. They just start laughing uh-huh. hysterically because they know it's coming. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same concept. Same concept. I'm basically like a toddler. Like, ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> I'm almost on my back, and I'm like, ah, cool. <laughs> okay, what do you say we get one more in and then we have All right, one more. Yep. Okay. Uh more? yeah, I got several. All right. Um okay, let's do this one. This one's an uh, an easy one, I think. Uh Universal de- is developing a live action Voltron. Okay? <laughs> I I all right. I mean, Voltron is the story of a bunch of kids come across these uh lions that join together to make Voltron. <laughs> I, you know, mechanical lions. <laughs> that they fight evil forces with, and then every once in a while, shape of a giant robot to take on giant other monsters. <laughs> I, I mean, I watched the Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it was first developed in uh, 1986, or actually 1984 to 85. It became a, a pop culture phenomenon back right. then. Um, and like you said, there was also a, uh, in 1998, 1996, there was a computer man- animated series that came out was Voltron the Third Dimension, and following that was a 1988, uh, it was a short, th- uh, Voltron the Third Dimension short. And then, of course, now the Netflix series that just came out recently. Um, oh, and before that, 2011, they had one, uh, uh, Voltron Force of, on Nickelodeon was happening. But like I said, the Netflix does have it as of right I'll, now. I'll be honest, the Netflix series is pretty good. Okay. I mean, it was. I watched it, and it's like nine episodes, half hour long, but it, was, it really left, it, I'm like, ah. Season two. Well, season two is coming out January twelfth, uh, January tenth. I'm sorry, twenty seventeen for Netflix subscribers, so you can catch it out there. Uh, but apparently, it's been in development for a long time with producer Mark Gordon uh, attached to it. Okay. So, uh, and uh, the script's going to be by uh, Justin Marks, uh, the Jungle Book. But apparently, he was the, also involved with the uh, screenwriting of uh, uh, Watchmen. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, right. some some ideas to look forward to and. Uh, I mean, I think um, that day that that Vol- Voltron season just come out. I think it's the same day the um, uh, series of unfortunate events TV show comes out on Netflix. I think ah. that's the seventeenth. Oh, okay. I think. 
she probably is more right than I am about that because she's really looking forward to it. Okay. The the when we sneak it. Oh yes. Yeah. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm kind of kind of interested in that too because I think Neil Patrick Harris looks pretty pretty good in the uh, makeup. Mm. Yeah. yeah, should be fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to Geeksters Live here on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, and TuneIn. Just search Aquanet Radio and those apps. And if you enjoyed the program and like to hear a rebroadcast, go down download the podcast version in, in, in a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> you can find out where by going to our Facebook page, Geeksters Radio, and check out the About section. And while you're there, give us a like. You can also follow us on Twitter at Geeksters to also get your the nerd news we just discussed. All the articles will be there. And also as well as the Facebook page. Um, but then also, if you can want to go to wordswithgeeks.com, that's another place we can download it. Or if you're a Google user, uh, as of right now, it's not up, but in a couple <laughs> days it will be. Uh, you can download any podcast app, search for Geeksters, and our show will be there for you. All right. In the meantime, if you want to contact Ed or anything you've seen or heard on the show, you can contact him at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at sean at wordswithgeeks.com. That's S-H-A-W-N. And we'll see you next week. Bye. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. All right. So, as I promised, um, well, first, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Yes. You know, hope you had the most fun listening as we did doing it. <laughs> so. <laughs> I hate that line. Me too. That's why I do it. Because I hate it. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, so, anyway, here here's the article in question. Um, it's it's posted by Gizmodo, or Motto, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, the title is, well, here's a deeply upsetting rumor about the next Batman movie. Okay. Right. Now, it's Brett Easton Ellis. He's the guy who wrote American Psycho. Mm-hmm. He said he was sitting at a dinner with some movie executives. They say they know some other executives working on Ben Affleck's upcoming Batman movie, and they tell Ellis something that should, be chill, should chill the heart of not just superhero fans, but fans of movies, period. And the article does say, like, look, before you take this into consideration, take this into consideration. This is a story of a story of a story. Okay. I kind of always get like that whisper down the lane um, kind of game where you played as a kid where I say something to you and then you pass it down to somebody else and by the time it gets back to the room, somebody's fucked up some fact or, or not. Right. And it, the, the, the story's changed and molded. Mm-hmm. So also it involves movie executives. Okay. And I have a, like, we can kind of get after the article, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, so take this for take this as a grain of salt. Okay. okay? <clears throat> so he's like, this is this this thing. He was having dinner with a couple of executives who know other executives who are working on the forthcoming Batman movie, The Batman. Mm-hmm. And they were telling me that there are serious problems with the script, and that the executives I was having dinner with were complaining about the people who work on the Batman movie, and they just said they went to the studio and said, look, the script is blah blah blah. Here's 30 things that are wrong with it that we can fix. And the executive said, we don't care. We don't really care. The amount of money we're going to make globally, I mean, 70% of our audience is not going to be seeing this in English, and it doesn't really matter. These things that you're bringing up about the flaws in the script. So I do think global concerns play a big part in how movies and what movies are being made, obviously. Um, and there's, like a, uh, there's obviously they reached out to Warner Brothers and mm. no comment yet. Um, and... And they kind of do kind of see, like, well, let's take some points in, of interest. Okay. Warcraft. It's not a Warner Brothers movie, but in the U.S. it grossed $47 million. Mm-hmm. Overseas, it grossed $386 million, mm-hmm. almost 10 times as much. Right. 
Uh, Terminator Genesis did uh, about almost $90 million in the U.S., but mm-hmm. $350 million internationally. Mm-hmm. And those were the bad movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, good movies are kind of like F- Fast and Furious 7 made $800 million more over overseas than it did in the U.S., while Avatar made over a billion dollars more than, than the average American thing. Right. Um, as far as DC movies, the difference is a little less eye-popping, but still significant. Batman v Superman made over $200 million more internationally than the U.S. Suicide Squad has made well over $100 million more and counting, which means Warner Brothers could have only released those movies overseas and still been relatively happy with the grosses. Mm-hmm. From a financial standpoint, it makes sense, but it's infinitely disheartening to imagine Warner Brothers deciding a coherent script isn't necessary to make the film. So, you know, it it, it kind of goes back to the adage of well how do, how do you feel about that like what do you what do you think of the article well i mean you know i mean it's 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 always tough to say because it's like you know you the foreign market uh is, is going to always outweigh the u.s market or north american market uh in a lot of ways just because there's so many so many markets that they can get into uh you know like just uh from china japan you know russia uh the the uh europe, europe all over so it's like an africa um so like those 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 there there's a lot more market. So to be ten times more, there's ten times more market. So it's like it's not really fair to say because it's like you're just comparing like North America versus the world, you know. So it's like to be ten times more. It's like well yeah because there's ten times more market out there, right? And the, the, also too the fact is is that like what they said was that they could open up and be more happier if they just did it outside of the U.S. But the thing is is that I think a lot of people tend to point to us as being like whether we like something or not like like how how does the american crowd like like batman or or or, or you know suicide squad or you know all these movies that you've just mentioned and it's because they had a fan base there was there was a there was a built base and that's where the most of the market was because when comic books first came out i mean it was just an american market you know, it grew because when the GIs during the, the Second World War would get care packages, they would get, you know, the, the comic books there. And right. a lot of, lot of you know, I'm sure a lot of, even today, I mean, like if you're in a war, somebody's sending home, like, you know, the latest Batman or the latest, right. you know, Marvel like, hey, comic. Look, I'm a Batman fan. I've been collecting this. Can you do me a favor? Can you keep keep getting them and sending them to me so I can keep up with what's going on Exactly. Back home? Yeah. I get it. So, you know, then, and of course that comic book gets left somewhere or, you know, and then, then like, so well, unfortunately it gets discovered off of a body. Right. You, you know, know I, was, I take it to the original <laughs> place right away. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the reality, reality of war. Yes. But I mean, like, you know, like back then, I mean, that's how it kind of like the foreign market, I think really kind of started was it's like they sold these American comic books and go, we could do that here. You know, like, you know, like just because the Americans do it doesn't mean that we could do it now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, like, I could be, you know, just talking on my ass for this whole thing, but I, I truly believe that's how, like, a lot of things kind of start. Is like, they see, they, they, somebody brings it over, ports it in from another country, they see it, and they get like mesmerized by it. You know, it's something to them. It's like, wow, this is great. Like, I want to see more of this. And like to us, it's like we've been through so much with television and movies that we tend to 
kind of get desensitized in a lot of things. So when we see something like, oh, well, that's not right. That's not what Batman's origin is, or that's not what Batman right. would do because this is the type of character he is where people who are in the foreign markets see something brand new to them because a lot of times you would hear like a new market opening up and they make a killing because it's a brand new movie to them. Right. They'll go see it two, three, four, five times sure. because it's something new to them. Right. But we've seen the special effects and we'll always like people I've I've heard a lot of people complain about CGI, like, oh, it's all green screen stuff. It's oh the effects right. are horrible, blah blah blah. And I like the green screen stuff. But that's that's, you know, another story. But the idea of it is the fact is that they, they see this like a brand new thing and they're like they're mesmerized by it where we were like 20 years ago looking at stuff like this. Sure, like when when you see Jurassic Park for the first time, you know, even back in 96, it was like, oh my God, that is what was. Even seeing it again, like recently in the re-release, I was like, wow, it still it still gets you because yeah. you get flashback to that first moment you see it. Mm. So I, I get that. I get that aspect. So like like for them, though, it gets, it's the first time because like I said, like when Superman flew in like the 70s. The 70s said, yeah. yeah. So when you saw that, like to me, that was like, oh my God, somebody's flying. Like, yeah. you know, you know, like, I mean, I knew they did in the 50s and TV and all, but. Yeah, but it was him laying flat on a table most of the time or on strings and with a screen going. Whoosh. Yeah. Here you have Christopher Reeves in a harness, and they're bringing that harness down to, and tilting it up so he can land. Like, there was definitely more finesse to the way he flew, and it was never really done in movie theaters a lot at that mm-hmm. point in time. Most of it was like a green screen kind of special effect where this is, you see li- like him landing live, yeah. for, for lack of a better word. Because they had to do it all practically, because there was very little to no green screen effects back then. Right, and then we like, like even like Star Wars when that came out in yeah. '77, and you saw that the the uh, the Star Destroyer coming down across the screen in the opening shot, yeah. you know, kind of thing, and they're fighting the 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 uh, Princess Leia's ship. You know, they're they're chasing them and through that, and that's just like coming over your head, like in that big huge screen in that moment, right. you're like, wow, yeah. like it's, that, that that was like that mind blowing moment that started <laughs> the whole thing and then the storyline just compressed like uh and not press compressed uh, uh kept expressing more and more giving you more right. and more and you're like wow you're blown away and it's just like it was a phenomenon and it was like there wasn't many foreign markets that were open because i mean like like we weren't really dealing with china too much at the time right. and you know and then there was certain things like with tariffs and stuff like that like we couldn't get distribution in certain areas because they wanted too much money or they you know it was there was all these like kind of bad deals that were going on so a lot of those markets. So now, like going from like ten times now, because now it's like pretty much open market now. Like, like it's like, yeah, okay. you want to bring that in, you know? Sure, you know. And then we make a cut, you make a cut, and we're good. Well, I, I think I'm more curious about the idea, like, because I did while you while you were talking, I did look up. This happened earlier in the week, mm-hmm. and since then, obviously, people have talked about it at nauseum to a certain degree mm-hmm. about the comments part. And actually, Ellis had to go to his Facebook page and kind of almost defend himself to go, like, he kind of regrets even, like, what happened. Because he says here, and I'm going to quote the whole thing. During a long interview with the the Ringer's Sean Fennessy, we talked about the reasons why studio movies are so bad and how, and touched on the global needs of the marketplace. I told him something I heard about the new Batman movie as an example of what might be the problem. 
I was talking with two executives who have nothing to do with the, the Batman movie and who knew people who were involved in the production. The two executives I was having dinner with were relating the problems they had heard about the script from people working on the Batman project. That's all. I know no one involved in with the Batman movie. I didn't realize that my comments would make it into the ringer piece or else I wouldn't have cited that particular movie. I have no idea what the Batman script is like and I get that it came off as I was disparaging the project. Other reasons to be careful giving, another reason to be careful giving interviews. Um, and of course, guys on like the controversy broke broken the tail end of a week, wildly varied news from Warner Brothers' troubled superhero franchise, most, no, most notable, notably with the launch of the Wonder Woman trailer and the surprise departure of the Flash director, Rick Feynman, whatever his name is. Um, the Batman, which is still not officially entered pre-production, is planned as a project for Ben Affleck to co-write, direct, and star in sometime after release of Warner Brothers' Justice League. Now, I, you know, reading it and I, looking at it, I kind of see it more of a, you're, you're, it's suits talking to each other. Yeah. And, and the problem when you have executives in, it goes back to the article that we talked about in, uh, on the show was where the moment you start getting suits involved, like the more money you have in a budget, more mm. people think they have a right to say, say something, yeah. to say something. Um, which is the reason why it goes back to the Deadpool, where you know if you have a big budget film, you're going to have more fingers pointing at you and scrutinizing over the things that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when Stacy brought it to my attention today, and I was like, I never read the article. I've always seen the headlines mm-hmm. about oh, there's problems with Batman script. And in my head, being a movie buff, mm-hmm. before a movie even starts, there's a, a rough draft of a script, and mm-hmm. then there's plans and things like that. And sometimes where you go from point A to where the final product can vastly change. Yes. Also, too, when you have executives. They don't. They're not. They don't care about the artistic part of the of the process. Mm. All they care about is the financial parts. Like I was, and I was telling her that on one of one of Kevin's podcasts, um, um, Fat Man on Batman, they were talking about um, executives and how stupid they can be sometimes. And the example that was brought up on the show, so I'm going to bring up here, so you might have already heard it before those people listening at home. Mm-hmm. So forgive me if I fuck up some things. Um, basically, back when Back to the Future was being made, mm. the executive at the time, the head of the studio, wrote a letter to Spielberg saying, hey, look, I don't think we should name this movie Back to the Future because it's too confusing of a title. It sounds too science fictional, you know, and I think we're going to lose people because science fiction movies don't really sell that well. How it, and this is what I think you should name it. And I think it was uh, Space, uh, in Space Invader Zim from Planet Z. I think it was... Like, I always forget the name of the the book, um, the book that Marty McFly's dad was reading mm-hmm. when he fell asleep, and then Marty comes in with the headphones, yeah. and doing the e, yeah. I am Darth Vader from the planet, blah blah blah. Right, like this executive kind of wanted to name it after that because it made it sound it it kind of narrowed down the idea. It was it was just convoluted, like his rationale for wanting to change the title and change certain certain things. Mm. Like, he didn't want him to be reading that book because it was it became a nerd movie, and nerd movies... It was uh, incredible how unin- uninformed an executive is versus the creative process. Because everyone knows Back to the Future wound up you know, being a massive hit, and everyone... It's now, like, uh, I would say in the lexicon of most... Yeah, yeah it's pop culture. Pop yeah. culture. Yeah. As Back to the Future, when you say Back to the Future, everyone knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, 
and I think that the problem is that it, when you have executives involved, like if, I'm, if you're going to make a big budget movie, you're going to have someone, a bean counter going, we're spending this much money, we, we better have a return on my investment. Mm. Hence the reason why the big problem with Batman v Superman was that it needed to hit $900 million, I think, to break even. Yeah. Because of the marketing and the production costs and all that thing. So you have a suit going, well, does he really need to have that car? Yeah. Can he have this car because it's easier to sell toys for? Or like, there's that's one of the problems that um, Tim Burton had with after the Batman Batman Returns is how do you sell those toys? Yeah, Batman the Dark Knight, um, the Dark Knight, so say Batman Begins didn't have a giant toy line either because right. how do you make toys out of that stuff? Right, you know, there's no way to there's no aftermarket after that movie's out. So I think that to me it's like. I kind of feel like it's executives kind of going, well, there's a problem here. Like, okay, everyone knows Deathstroke's supposed to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. And they already know who's playing Deathstroke. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, we don't know anything about it. Right. Other than Ben Ben Affleck's supposed to co-write and direct it. Mm -hmm. Now, it's supposed to be co-written with him and the guy who helped write Argo, Mm -hmm. which won an Oscar. Mm -hmm. A couple Oscars. Right would have won an Oscar for Best Director if Ben Affleck was nominated because it definitely won Best Picture. Well, the, the, the thing, the thing, the problem that I have with this, the whole thing is, is the fact is, is that I don't think Warner Brothers thinks of Oscars. Like, they, like Oscars is a nice touch. Sure. You know, for it. They think dollars. It, it's, the, it's the bottom line. It's the dollars. And that's the thing. Like, like we can cite so many different movies and, you know, and I, I don't think we want to do this now, but I could say we could cite so many different movies that Warner Brothers, especially superhero movies right. that they don't know the whole from their ass, the ass from, ass from the whole thing around, you know, because right. they just don't know the difference. They don't care. Right. You know, and, and what they see is when they, when they see how much the budget is and how much investment they're going to put into this movie or how much you know the, the guesstimations of it and they how much they 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 figure out the budget's going to be and they go well you know what since we're putting this much money in this movie we need this like there's a there's yeah. maybe a product shot that they want to put in or they want to <clears throat> put in um you know, some kind of situation where it could relate to somebody else that they feel will be a wider audience, right. you know, broader market that they can get into. But the thing is, is that the reality of it is, is simply this, is the fact is, is that Warner Brothers doesn't think the Batman or any of the DC characters will make money. They they just feel that, that, that they're not selling the comic books, so they're not going to make money in the real world, like in terms of movies. Right. Where... They turn around and all of a sudden, like the first weekend is a super smash hit because you go, well, the new Batman flick's coming out, right? You know, and being a bunch of nerds that's knows Batman for seventy five plus years, right? You know, go, well, I know who Batman is, or somewhat I know what Batman is. I've seen him on television, I've seen him in other movies. I'm gonna go see the new Batman flick, right? And then that's that's how they they get the thing. The only way to keep the longevity is to keep a storyline that goes, well, it made sense, it was cool. And the effects were great, and that that's that's how you right. should look at it, you know. Like that's and that's how they don't see it. They just they want to put their own spin on it. 
They want to they want to make sure they get the most bang for their buck. And this is sure. the this is the things you need to put into this movie because this will be great because of this reason because this movie was successful and had this big explosion at this part. Right. You should do something like that. Like that's a that's the kind of like ideas they come up with. This is what made the most money for us. So we're going to do this again because right. people like that. But it's, it's funny because it, I when we were on break at the studio, I saw an article that summed up the Doctor Strange stuff mm. was like Doctor Strange is why Marvel and Disney have the gold standard for movies apparently it's 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 certified fresh it's the people are comparing it to the first Iron Man movie that's it's like holy mackerel this this is why Marvel kicks DC's ass every time when it comes to movie stuff because of how good it is because I get for whatever reason now granted we, as we found that on the show neither one of us have seen the movie yet yeah so I mean I can't can't weigh in my own personal opinion i can just see what it's being told on the internet now granted it's the internet so you take that with a grain of salt with anything like else but if if enough people say oh my god it's a good movie chances are it might be a good movie it might not be for everybody because i know you're mr uh every time you know you because you know strange from the the comic Comic books books, so do i and but to see him in the big screen might add a little bit of a oh well the the whole idea though is like disney Disney will always set the standard because the one thing Disney does and they will always do is the fact is is they'll go the extra mile for the little tidbit, no matter how small of a detail it is, they'll want it in there because right. that's that's what's going to bring you back again. <clears throat> that's going to make you go see it a second time. That's yeah. going to make you buy it on DVD. That's yeah. going to make you talk about it for six months from now, a year from now. Right. You know, and that's what they want. And you know, that's when they like when the Doctor Strange ride comes to Disney, people <laughs> go, "I gotta ride that ride," you know, because they know right. that's going to do that. That's that's the the bankable for them. They know how to do the aftermarket for everything, right. and that's the thing. Like, I'm sure there was a lot of ideas that went around talking about Iron Man when Iron Man first came out, and probably go, "I can't sell that." You know, it's like Maybe. make another concept like like and, and, and they Disney will have like designers to come in and go, well, this is your idea. This is your concept. But we want to enhance it this way because this will sell more toys. Can that fit in your story? Right. You know, they're willing to talk to you where Marvel, where Warner Brothers will go. I, mean, I know I'm picking on Mar- Warner Brothers most of all. Because well, I mean, they're they're the big I mean, let's face it, still DC Marvel cinematic universes yes so i mean even you can and we probably could throw in fantastic four we could probably throw in x-men and stuff like that but i'm saying like it seems to be like the gold standard from what everyone says is that those disney marvel movies Mm. are seem to be kind of like where you need to hit that level to be considered part of the playground Mm. like it seems to be like warner brothers is so busy trying not to be disney and not to follow that format it's why they seem to constantly struggle rather than just kind of being you know what? These guys know how to do it. There's nothing wrong with imitating that kind of success track because it works for them. It should work for us. Right. Instead, it seems to be like someone's going, well, they do it over in Disney. We can't do it at all because therefore people will start saying that we're just copying off of them and we have to distinguish ourselves as individuals. And, and the thing that sticks about it is the fact is, is that they, they want to do it. They, 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 they don't want to do it, but they want to do it. Like it, it, it's it's that sick mind fuck that they right. do with themselves because they want to do the toys, they want to do the rides, they want sure. to give the the experience more than just the movies. You know, right. they want to they want to they want to get their hands on everything so that way they can do it. I mean, 
they have great characters. They have great storylines. There is a lot of DC history there that's right. so rich and so great that they can use. And even if they don't want to use those storylines, that's fine. But use a basis on that. Like, use that as a as a, a, well, a, a formula. I think that's what I always found fascinating about the, the, the Marvel Universe was that they kind of say, like, okay, Civil War. Mm-hmm. Let's take Civil War. That's the last Marvel movie that's been out in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um has got nothing really to do with the comic book. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the plot line of the comic was completely different, mm-hmm. but yet it still felt like the Civil War in the comics because mm-hmm. there were stakes involved and there was these moments that were ripped right out of the comic book line. Where I mean, okay, different people were saying it. Where Cap tells Spider Man, "There's a line that's to be drawn," and they tell you, you know, you need to move, you need to move, you need to stand tall and say, "No, you move." That line was said by Cap to Spider-Man, but they took it in Civil War and they let Sharon Carter say it at Agent Carter's funeral, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to kind of propel, you know, Steve to actually stick to his guns. Right. It was the speech that he gave Spider-Man, you know, in the storyline, the comic books that is now used for his motivation for the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. So you have those moments where as a comic book fan, you go... God damn, they did it. Holy shit. Like the scene where Cap and, and Iron Man, he's doing the, the repulsor beam and mm. Cap's sitting there and you see the big spark between the two of them. That's right off the comic book page. And it seems to be like they, they know that and they do that and it makes you go, oh, like a person who's never read the storyline goes, that was fucking awesome. And as a comic book fan, you go, it was fucking awesome because it's right out of the... It, and it seems to be like DC doesn't want to have those moments. Well, let me ask you a question. and the, 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 I, I mean, right. I, I'll answer this question as well, but I'm going to ask you All this right. question. How many times has somebody who's not a comic book fan gone to you saying, did you see this movie? And like, how was it? Like, they they want your opinion because they know you're a comic book reader. I, I get it a lot. You know, and that's the thing. Like, I, I like my whole family... Uh, uh, you know, uh, friends and it's, you know, coworkers. They'll ask me like, "Oh, I heard the new Captain America movie was great." Da da da. How close was it to the comic book? And I'm like, "Well, you know, there's a lot of differences, but it was really good." You know, and this is the reasons why. And I'll explain it now, and give them give them every point, and you right. know, and you know, we'll give them a few points or whatever, and they and, and they appreciate that. You know, where some people go, they saw the movie and they go. Why well, I liked it because of this, and I'm right. like, well, you know, that's that. There's a whole history behind this little line or whatever. Yes. So you you kind of give them more of a of a like a history lesson of comic book history, and they they appreciate that more, and they go, now I can see why people go out and rush to yeah. see this movie because they know they're getting that from Marvel or DC. They give you the these characters, and it's like, well, it's loosely based on the the whole bed yeah. here. You're like. Well, no. I mean, there's you know all this history, and I they've changed the character several times, so it's not yeah. like you're not getting. You should get some kind of iteration of it, you know. And yeah. they, but the basic, you know, uh, character arcs are still there, even though they might change the character, but the personalities are still in that kind of form, you know, right. in a way. I, I like like Disney's movie. I mean, not Disney. Um, the Warner Brothers movies, like good example is Superman. Mm-hmm. You have Man of Steel. And you have his character and how they his arc, but then when you watch Supergirl, which has Superman on it now, mm-hmm. people are saying that that Superman is the the Superman they wish were in the movies, mm-hmm. not actor wise, but just the person of the the character of Superman, right. because he does when he's there, he does inspire hope. People 
instinctively trust him. There's no, he's not brooding about anything. And he's like, hi, I'm Superman. Like, glad to meet you. He's like friendly and open. He's not reserved and not, not brooding. Yeah. You know, that's reserved for Batman. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are kind of going, geez, I really wish that Superman was in my movies. Because, you know, DC refuses to link those worlds. And I think that's another thorn in the side, of, I think, of... Well, you know what? I'm I'm not I'm not really against that altogether. All because, right. I mean, like, they've been doing that with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. here and there. And it's really just... Unless you have those characters in the show... Right. It's not working. It really doesn't work at all. I mean, if if... if Mar- if DC decided to go, you know what? We're going to date Stephen Amell and make him Arrow, Green Arrow, in the movies. Right. Then it'd be like, you know what? That's great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna love this. You know. And they might not use all the characters that they use in the show, but they'll put him in there right. in a movie, and might put him in a Justice League movie with the rest of the characters. And you go, oh my god, that's Stephen Amell from the TV show. That's great. Right. Where Agents of Shield, they they talk about it, and they just it's like name dropping. And it's yeah. like, and it's, it's like, it's so pointless. It's like I, us could write, we could write a script and talk about like being in a scene in Marvel, or and then talking about Captain America and what he did. And it's like, it's gotcha. It's just right. boom. I mean, you know, I haven't been keeping up with Agents of Shield, so I can't like. I do know that the first couple of seasons they had to tie it into the next movie that was coming out. Yeah, they've now kind of pulled away pulled from that. But here, there, I mean, they still talk about they talk about the uh, uh, accord. This, this, uh, right? The the, the uh, <laughs> I know which one. The, what do you call it? The accord that basically they dropped the city on. Yeah, it's going to annoy the shit out of me. Yes. Great. But the, they talk about that, and then it's like, you know, and it's still kind of name-dropping. But you still, like, I kind of, like, dismiss that because they have the whole Ghost Rider going on, and that is just, like, really good. I mean, it really, they really amped it up, or it's like, now I'm enjoying Marvel again. Like, I'm enjoying the show, and it's, right. like, really good. I mean, DC, Arrow, Flash, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, they're really good. I mean, they, they right. really, they're doing it, but I don't think Warner Brothers is too involved in it. That's the, Probably you not. know, that's the whole thing. I think if... If Warner Brothers just kind of stepped away and go, all right, we'll give you the money, you know, right. do your best to make it as cheap as you can, but you know, you know, we want to make a return on investment. But I mean, it's just like I think they could be done. I mean, I really do. I think if if they let the creative side flow, it will do really well. Mm-hmm. You know, just they have to let the suits go away. All right. Well, I say we uh, wrap this episode up. All right. All right. Yeah. Wait. Nice way to end the uh, fourth anniversary show. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks for listening. Uh, you, you've been listening to Geeksters. If you do want to catch the show live, you can on Sunday nights starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, and TuneIn. Just search Aquanet Radio on the apps. And as always, if you get a chance, please go to our Facebook page, Geeksters Radio, and give us a like. We do appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter, at Geeksters. And if you want to contact Ed on anything that you've seen or heard or like uh, an opinion on you can contact him or or I but if you want to contact him directly you can at ed at wordswithgeeks.com or you can contact Sean at sean at wordswithgeeks.com alright we'll see you next week that was wonderful bravo I loved that oh it was great well it was pretty good well it wasn't bad well there were parts of it that weren't very good it though. could have been a lot better I didn't really like it it was pretty terrible it was bad it was awful I was terrible get him away hey boo